Hi there. We would like to start the episode by thanking Murph Murphy, The Network, Peter Bemis, Cody Scott, and Toby Peterson. All of these kind people have backed our Patreon at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. If you're interested in doing so, we have a new resource for you. Go to fivebuckducks.com or tenbuckducks.com to get a full breakdown of everything you get down to the episode. Uh, everything you get when you back at either of those levels. Fivebuckduck.com or tenbuckduck.com. Thank you. <laughs> My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about The Cat Lady, which is a horror adventure game developed by Harvester Games and published by Screen 7 for the PC in 2012. Yeah, I had no idea this was this old. Yeah, it's it's pretty old. If you're uh, if you're listening to this, <laughs> um, you so one, you should play it. I don't think this is a, a podcast as service. Right. One, I think that like... You know, this is not something you want to listen to and then play. I think a lot of the surprises. Yes. You know, uh, the other thing is you probably already own it. Like, doesn't this show up in <laughs> Humble Bundles, like, basically nonstop? It is on sale it, for four cents on Steam. Yeah, it is almost always on sale. Um, I don't know that it has showed up on any bundles, but it is very, very frequently put on sale. Like, there is no yeah. reason to, like, there's no monetary reason not to have this. Yes. Um, yeah, the only reason not to have it is if you hate 3D platformers, because this is the depression-based 3D. I'm just, <laughs> just joking. I'm sick. Yeah, uh, and, and you're sick. So get ready for weird energy, people. I, I, I was I was really worried that you were going that, that you had played a played different game. game. Yeah, what were you talking about, Cole? Like, this is just fucking oh, ukulele too. Oh Fuck. yeah, you know, oh, that's, that's what I played. Yeah, that's not a game about depression. That's a game that causes depression. Hey yo, <laughs> yeah, the people say that like, put away your ads. Someone's yes. gonna be like, no, that's the good one. People hated the first one. I don't care. Nope, <laughs> I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't do it. I don't care. Um, yeah, this is this is a, a depression based adventure game. Yes, yeah, gonna gonna um, slap a content warning on this bad boy for suicide, self harm, depression, trauma, mental or uh, terminal illness. Um, yeah, uh, so somebody but just like a murder, <laughs> like gore. Yeah, murder, gore, M- things mur- like murder that. Murder and gore, like it is uh, to where you know just getting the the first principles out of the way. Yeah, I yeah. like this game a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm a, a slightly cooler on it than you are. Yeah, not by very much. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that like one of the things that I think is really really cool about this, mm-hmm. uh, and 
just I don't know if it's just the space I'm at in life that this appeals to me a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it fucking goes places. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't. Uh, I like a game that doesn't. Uh, like this is this is very maximal. Yes, this is. Um, I, I would describe it as pungent. Yes, yeah. like it does. It, this is not a subtle game. No. So like this is an indie game, but what, one of the reasons why I was so, when you know you said it came out in 2012 kind of makes sense because I feel like this kind of maximal presentation of darkness is mm-hmm. pretty out of style right now. Yeah. Yeah, usually you know, like and- it is it is laundered through some amount of twee. Like you get yes. a you get a game about about anxiety and depression and it's Celeste. Yes. You know, which exactly. resonates it's- for a lot of people. You know, yeah, and I and, and so I caught some of that, but like it's it's definitely not going straight for it like this is not cutting to the quick like this does yes yeah celeste is celeste is about the things and is cute and subtle mm-hmm. and really really well done in that respect yes. it's also like has these cute little characters that speak in simlish and talk about taking selfies right <laughs> like it's very it's very adorable yes there's nothing cute about this it's very hostile mm-hmm. uh on basically every front yeah it's incredibly grungy like even just visually yes. And audio wise, uh-huh. I mean, like you know, yeah, everything about it is pretty off-putting. Yeah, um, which is interesting. It makes it share like a little bit of DNA with Pathologic, mm-hmm. even though I think this is less cohesive. Like right. I think that game is 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 a better game. This is also a really good game. Yes, yeah. The, the, this also asks a lot less of you than Pathologic does. Yes, yeah. yeah. You know, it's a, like, this is a soft putt. Yeah, uh, you know, like like this. Th- this is a six hours that goes down pretty smooth. Those mm-hmm. aesthetic jags, which I am, you know, I, I adore this game um you know like just i i streamed this like you know i initially played this on stream for people like this was the you know this game came in the middle of a stretch where like games hadn't necessarily made me feel things in a while either you know you know you know horror games just don't really scare me anymore like this was so pronounced and so I mean, it it hit me as well as somebody you know who lives with depression. A lot, lot, lot of us do. Like, just this says things that are not usually said, and says them in a way that they are definitely not said. Um, That, like, uh, you know, the fact that it is kind of a mess and pulpy and doesn't hang together kind of takes a backseat. You know, this is probably like, you know, additionally, uh, taste accounts for a lot of this. Um, This is a bunch of aesthetics and tropes that I am a complete mark for as well. Yeah, yeah. That's the, the, the your mileage may vary part of this. Yes. Like and and that's you know where some of the 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 minor golf between our opinions on this land mm-hmm. is that like aesthetically I don't like this like yeah. we'll talk about it in, mm-hmm. in the wrap up like I don't like how it looks yeah um but there there are a lot of those those things I am a mark for as well and it does it's one of those things where like you know you said you hadn't been feeling things from playing games for a while like it feels very difficult to me to play this and to be like well that was a game <laughs> you know like it doesn't it doesn't have that energy to it where right, it's, right. you're going to come away from it. Not having an opinion. I imagine someone coming away from this and being like, you know, this is not good or mm-hmm. that was too much or anything. But I can't imagine someone coming away from it and shrugging. Yeah. You know, it's it's not that type of game. So there, mm-hmm. there's a lot of value in that. Yes. Uh, you know, at the very <laughs> least, even outside of its actual, you know, qualities yeah. that are that are more, you know, more intentional. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, So just, you know, along with those like content warnings and stuff, like we call this horror because that's kind of the only thing that we have to call something that deals in the supernatural and, you know, violent. Right. Um, Somebody on one of my streams, forget who, forgive me if you, if you're the person who said this, let me know. Uh, But they said, oh, we only call these games horror because tragedy games don't exist. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, this, I mean, this is both. Yes. Like this, yeah. this is a horror. Like the large portions of this are like Thomas Harris novels. Yeah. Like a large, like a large, you know, we're, we'll get into it. We start talking about the premise, but a lot of this is hunting down themed serial killers. Yes. Like those parts are pure horror. Yeah. Like that's not a tragedy. That's just, the, you yeah, know, horror. Like that's just horror. The personal story is, is like a sad, is closer to like a sad indie game. And that's what separates this from like a more schlocky yeah. kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing, even though it mm-hmm. trades in some of those aesthetics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so getting into it, like uh, in this game, you play as Susan Ashworth, uh, a middle-aged English woman who kills herself at the start of the story. Right. So it starts with a suicide note. Mm-hmm. And instead of dying, she is taken into the service of this Lovecraftian being uh, called yes. the Queen of Maggots, uh, who makes her immortal and tax- tasks her with killing these five parasites, these murderers who will prey on Susan and the people near her. Yes. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to that's very early on in the game. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the, the quibbles that I have with this thematically, like kind of start and end with that yeah. generally, like we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a general, uh, the way this plays a very narrative heavy adventure game. Um, so the mechanical generalities will be brief, but there also are adventure game ass puzzles. Yes. Uh, in this, like this is an adventure game. Like mm-hmm. if you miss adventure game puzzles, mm-hmm. they're here. Yeah. You know? uh, they they are present, and I think that 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 is also a little bit of a function of the era that this came out. I think that if mm-hmm. this was de- if, if development on this started, you know, a year later, and Telltale's The Walking Dead had already been out, Rem Bukowski would have been more comfortable. I think making this more narrative heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And less and it's and it ends up being both. Yeah. As and the adventure game stuff in this is good, mm-hmm. good to find. You know, it, it yeah, none of it's. Yeah wonderful it's fine mm-hmm. you know it, it is uh nothing is feels screaming very few things feel screamingly unfair and mm-hmm. adventure games you know, we talked about that it being an easy genre because you can always just get past the roadblock yeah you know it's just looking at your phone away mm-hmm. yeah um yeah. but the, you know generally this game skews a little bit you know skews more towards story than uh, the mechanics this whole episode is going to be one big spoiler you know we're going to be looking at this i think the ideal case would be if you you know if you haven't played this listen through the generality is go play it or at least enough to get a feel for it um and see if it grabs you and then listen to the rest of it this is not this is not waff as a service no yeah yeah and and you know maybe just talking us talking about it you'll be like oh i'm not interested in that i yes. don't want to talk to clouds on a sunny day that's fine too <laughs> yes yeah. um so one of the the uh like kind of like innovation it's kind of hard to call it that. Um, yeah, what, different. What's different about this? It's just different. The adventure games is there's no mouse control. You control entirely with the keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, all navigation happens in 2D kind of side-scrolling yeah. uh, figures here. Yeah. Um, interviews, you know, with the guy talks about this. He talked about how it was uh, to avoid, like, pixel hunting mm-hmm. for things, uh, which is it, – it does do that, Yeah. you yeah. know, uh, for things. It ends up making – like, there's a little bit of a thing I had in this where I had a little bit of, like – and this is – basic as hell but i'm just gonna say it because i don't because i don't give a shit i wanted my guy to walk faster uh-huh. like i had a little bit of um night in the woods mm. syndrome with this specifically the, the uh, long series yeah. well the beginning for sure and then the puzzle of checking the apartments okay yeah like i was just like man i just keep walking back and forth and it's so slow mm-hmm. like if this were like i wanted, i missed that double click on the edge of the screen yeah yeah I you know that. kind of thing um for sure so this is it's, it's something that has pluses and minuses like mm-hmm. you you go really slow you're always locked in this allows yeah. it to do reveals because you don't have 
a full view of the scene right until your character does <laughs> there's there's a lot of like reveal scares that don't don't make any sense because your character would see them walking directly toward them like it is revealed with a scare cord as the side scrolling camera just pops up pops over to somebody standing there in yes. the periphery uh but it works <laughs> like, that stuff all works for me like the yeah. the way that this uses adventure game jump scares which are not two That's, words that generally go together right right yeah um you know, and so something about like the side scrolling thing, the like a limitation of this, you know, the interaction model is so simple that oftentimes like things that would be easy to do in point and click require just a little bit more effort. There's a little bit more friction uh, to like test things against each other. Like there's yes. one puzzle in the next to last chapter where you have to cut up a dress and you can't do it when it's in your inventory. You have to put it back on the dummy that you got it off of. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that that stuff is all a little bit yeah, silly. Yeah. They're like there's there's yeah. just like weird little frictions caused by the interaction model. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those things where like that's kind of a racist grandpa problem of adventure games and kind of something they signed signed themselves up for by picking this interaction model. Yeah. Well part of, part of, I mean it's made in an adventure game studio. Yes. Right? Yeah. So that is that is uh like I made a game in Adventure Game Studio. <laughs> it's it's basically a game maker. Like it right. is you know, it is a very elementary yeah. game making engine. They stretched it. They did cool mm -hmm. things with it yeah. um, that you wouldn't necessarily, you know, be able to do. But part of those limitations, you know, it makes me think that like uh not even just doing it side scrolling, but having being able to have an inventory interface. Yeah, yeah. Is something that they would have been able to do. Part of the the other impetus behind this was being able to play it on a laptop. Yeah. Um, you know, so just being able to play it with just a keyboard, like they wanted this to be accessible to you know, but, but to, to everybody. Yes. No. Um, you do have an inventory and you're, you are going to be solving adventure game puzzles oftentimes by rubbing inventory items together and on things in the world. Generally, most of them make sense. Like it's hard mm -hmm. to point out like the, you know, the cat hair mustache in this. Yeah. There's a couple cat hair mustaches, but nothing, nothing too bad. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the majority of the, uh, of the story unfolds, the dialogue that you choose, um, though the story itself is, is, you know, very linear. There are multiple endings, but the, the, like the, uh, content of them is all pretty similar. Um, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of what you're doing is either picking basically just like acting as Susan or, you know, being the director saying, okay, this is how she would react to this. Like yeah. here, here is how cynical she is versus how much she is trying to get better or put on a brave face, et cetera. It's just a matter of like expression more than anything. Which is a walking dead thing. Yes. You know, walking dead, there's some fire for like the choice is not actually making a difference, mm -hmm. but really that is, you know, that was a role playing game. Yeah. Like the idea was you choose your version of Lee mm -hmm. and that's the version that exists. That happens here as well. Yes. Like you choose your version of Susan. You can say two different things. They might get a similar mm -hmm. result, mm -hmm. but you, you say different things because that's the version of Susan you want to play in the world. Mm -hmm. Like you're helping to craft the story. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so the, uh, the writing itself, kind of the, the way that the story is expressed uh, in this is it's all, it's kind of all things like there are mm -hmm. parts of it that are, really kind of understated character work. Mm -hmm. There are parts of it that are like seven. Yeah. Um, you know, like the Thomas Harris comparison is not willy nilly mm -hmm. in this. Like that's the guy who wrote the silence of the lambs books. Mm -hmm. Um, that feels like an influence on these parasites to me. Yes. Um, quite a bit. Um, so it, it's, it kind of goes back and forth between this pulpy horror, like mm -hmm. serial killer, sensationalist stuff 
to kind of lower stakes character stuff mm-hmm. um, about kind of trauma and depression. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and flip-flops between them and then additionally is bisected down the middle by the introduction of another major character halfway through. Yes. You know, and then all of a sudden you have this emotional core that is an unlikely friendship between these two women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep, yep. Um, and, you know, spoiler, that latter part is something that really works for me. It is the thing that works for me most in this mm-hmm. is, the, is, the, is the relationship between uh, Susan and Mitzi. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And, you know, something like it's one of those things where, like, good friendships mm-hmm. uh, are not like I was talking about this on Twitter at some point. But, like, well-written friendships and games are not so common that they just need to be tossed out. Right. You know, uh, like this, this is this is a, a really, really well-written friendship yeah in this and game like, and it doesn't a, happen very often it's a hobby horse that i ride a lot but like you know just re- non-romantic relationships like hey we are buddies we are friends or filial filial relationships hey you know we are brother and sister you know mother mm-hmm. and father things like that those things are so fucking rare and especially yeah. when they're done well and you know somebody might say well this this story's about the power of friendship i'm making up a, a dipshit straw man there but like it is thrown out there as a trope but it is never delivered on like yeah yeah like like it's not yeah the 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 stories about the power of friendship very very rarely sketch a good friendship very very rarely depict that the friendship is worth anything you know and we talk about that all the time on this show like believability of relationships like Mm -hmm. does it you know these characters fall on plot love Mm -hmm. like what does what does cecil love about rosa I don't fucking know. She's there. Like she doesn't. She doesn't have any personality traits. Like how do you love somebody who has no personality traits? She's loyal you know? and good. Yeah, she's loyal but good. She's honorable but just. You know, like <laughs> like those things. Uh, that shit sucks. Yes. And then at the end, when you when you try to express that this is a friendship because of the music that plays, mm-hmm. um, you're cheating. Yes. Uh, and th- this is actually textually a a friendship. Yes. Like it, it is, it is, uh, you don't have to do any, you don't have to bring yourself to it. You don't have to do yeah. any rounding up or anything like that. It just, you can actually read it on the page. Like you can, you can read mm-hmm. things into this and stuff. I don't know if there's a big shipping community for these two characters. I'd not be surprised if there was. Yeah. Um, so you can read into this obviously. And we talked about that. I understand that as people who are very starved for representation, mm-hmm. I don't begrudge anybody that. No, no. Um, as is just as text though, it is a wonderful, like, just like a really, really believable friendship. Mm-hmm. Like you get to see it grow. You get to see the kind of skepticism and everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really well-written friendship. Yeah. You get to see them feel each other out. You get to see them rely on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's done over a relatively short period of time. Yeah. It's just, it's just the, the dialogue is well done. It's not embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're not just told something. Right. Like we're shown, shown the relationship in a way that feels pretty real. Yeah. Um, and that is not something, it's something I'm generally here for. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, games are worse at this. Like games get more credit than they deserve for this. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, any game with like a cipher. Yeah. You know, like even games I like. Like mm-hmm. why does in New Vegas why does Veronica like me? <laughs> because you're there. Because <laughs> I'm not I'm not a thing in that game. Like right. you can role play in that game more than some games. Uh-huh. You know, but it, it's not. Uh, it's just yeah. There's there's it's, that's not what that game is about. That's not what that story is about. Exactly. Like yeah. believing that two characters like each other because they like each other. Mm-hmm. One of the things, this is a really dumb example, and it's a movie that I'm sure has aged like shit, right? Yep. But I've talked about this before. The uh, the movie, The 40-Year-Old Version. Yes. Um, my ex-wife was way into the entire extended Judd Apaverse. <laughs> so I watched like all those movies, okay. all the Paul Feig, Judd Apatow movies yeah, uh, yeah. in the you know turn of the tens. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the first movies I saw where characters in it made jokes to each other instead of the audience. Yes. 
you know, and, and like, it's, it's, you know, again, thousands of things that don't age well. There's a billion better examples of that now. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was really noteworthy, though, that these characters are here to amuse each other, not me. Yes. And that's something I'm always there for. And that's what yeah. this friendship feels like. It's like these yeah. characters are there to support each other, not me. Right. They're, like, they're, I am, I'm witnessing it, but I'm not really here as a character and that's that's great yeah like i like i i am i am observing it they are not that they are not like cheated out and performing to me you know like 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 it as a theater production or whatever they're like listening to each other you know i've used this example thousands of times but like the reason bob's burgers is excellent as far as any kind of sitcom goes is because the characters listen to each other that that happens here and it doesn't and it's rarer than one might think yes you know, so just uh, keep an eye on it. Think mm-hmm. about your, you know, the friendships you love in video games. Mm-hmm. Do, the, do those characters have a reason to like each other? Do they listen to each other? <laughs> right. You know, a lot of times the answer will be no. Right. You know, Frog and Chrono have nothing in common. <laughs> I'm sorry to dash that hope, but there's, they don't have personality enough to, yeah. to have what, things. What, what restaurant could they go to together? <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, they're not friends. Right. It's, it has music and the cadence of friendship right. that, uh, you know, that you feel as a 13-year-old, but mm-hmm. it's not good writing. Right. Um, this, this is, this is much stronger than that, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, the, the kind of area where, so I think that's like an unqualified slam dunk, the area mm-hmm. where some dissensions going to start are things that are less good. And we start getting into the aesthetic, not less good, yeah. but more <laughs> that, 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 that don't work for you as much more, as it works for me. Yeah. yeah. Is what I mean. Yeah. Um, is the production values for this. Yes. Um, I contend that the production value on this is pretty high for an indie game with a small team. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an awful lot of detail, uh, that is put into this. Um, and the visual aesthetic is incredibly distinct. It is strongly stated. Um, and I think that most comes through in the way that the characters are rendered. They're all done as these kind of monochrome hand-drawn sprites that are also fairly photorealistic. Like these are not like deform, you know, deformed to be, you know, cartoon characters. They're drawn like drawings of people. They look to me a little bit like more detailed drawings of the uh, characters and papers, please. Yeah, yeah. Like the the faces are, uh, you know, there's not a lot of line work. Mm-hmm. Like they're realistic, but there's not a lot of detail. And they they do appear to me appear super deformedly lanky. Mm. Everyone's arms are too long. Yeah. In this, like, in a weird way that doesn't look like a person. Mm. To me. Yeah. Um, that that, you know, that maybe, wasn't how it rang for me. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah. just arm length is different here on the West Coast. <laughs> we we keep our arms nice and short. Uh, the uh, you, you lop them off. We we all have forearm removal. It. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I wasn't born here, so I have the longest arm in the West. <laughs> my, uh, my neighbor's long, long arms. Yeah, we heard of the fastest, fastest arm in the West. The um the the part that I think is more like more more subjective, more clashy that you mm-hmm. might see is that the backgrounds are sometimes. Uh, photos and if not photos are very clearly using photo references. Yeah. Like there's some kind of tracing uh, kind of rotoscopy kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just like a straight JPEG mm-hmm. that'll be there of wildly different resolutions. Yeah. Depending on where you're at. Like the ending has this like screen, you know, windows desktop sky mm-hmm. that I had a shockingly low resolution. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just like, Oh, like, and then, you know, adventure game studio made to be played in 640. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not like, you know, I was playing this on my monitor, so that's part of why it looks like that yeah. um, on a full screen monitor. But to me, the two things are really weird. Yeah. Uh, like the the character models, which kind of move a little bit like paper dolls mm-hmm. on top of these JPEGs or uh, rotoscoped kind of images of JPEGs, like very heavily photo referenced 
backgrounds yeah. ended up feeling kind of uncanny, like an uncanny puppet show to me. Did that man that so worked for me? Like the mixed media kind of collage appearance of this just amped up the sur the surreality of what was going on, even in non surreal scenes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it does does not work for me. I would have preferred yeah. this to have a unified aesthetic. Yeah, because I'd... like the the having so like a, a point of comparison is like Nightmare Sands or whatever mm -hmm. from Undertale, where that starts bringing in Photoshop elements. Oh right, yeah, whatever it's called. And like that was just to a point. Like this to me. Like, I would have much preferred it to be deployed strategically rather than just being a blanket over the entire game. Mm -hmm. Like, because uh, it would have it would add some contrast. Like, it would have been like, oh, things are weird now. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to just things are weird all the time, even when they're they're not weird. Like, to me, that had a dulling effect. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and, I'm happy and, to yeah, disagree, but. Yeah, and it heightened it for me. Just it, it definitely, like, uncanny is a feeling that I'm looking for a lot of the time in, in, in horror, in visual horror media. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, we, we can agree to disagree on it. And fortunately, yeah. we're not going to be talking an awful lot about, you know, the general appearance of things like the things that are depicted are often very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, take a look at it. Mm -hmm. Like, it, at the very least, doesn't look like anything, you know, you've ever seen. Right. Before. Like, it's a very unique looking game. Um, voice acting generally is really good. The entire game is voice acted. Mm -hmm. uh, the voice acting is really good. Some of the like audio quality, like the samples, mm -hmm. there's some characters that feel like they were sampled over a phone. Yes. Again, that's a budget thing, and it mm -hmm. doesn't bother me. No, the, um, the, yeah, the 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 uh, the, uh, the quality itself can be bad if the performance is good. I don't, yeah. I don't care. The performance is what matters. Um, I'll, I'll 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 step on this grenade here. Huge misstep in the audio is licensed music. Um, boy, does it step on a rake with this. It's horrible. <laughs> it's it's horrendous. Like <laughs> you, you'll just be doing a section and then your character will walk and the camera will shift and an acoustic guitar will start and I'll groan <laughs> out loud so loud that the world will hear me. Um, just, just like, ah, oh, shut up. Like I, I was uh, complaining about this in the Slack where there's like a time where like every indie game always had a song in their trailer called Deep Down in the River. <laughs> about a drowned girl or something yeah <laughs> it was just like a real thing like yeah, hey let's yeah. be let's be a, a white guy indie rock band that does a song called down in the river <laughs> and this is like all down in the river yeah like, yeah it's you know and like it is this guy's taste you know like in his interviews he has talked about like the character references and stuff and he you know generally pulls from you know like mid-2000s you know emo kind of stuff the worst and, yeah it's it's i mean it's it's, it's not it's like, not great yeah <laughs> and like, you know just, it's it sucks because it comes at these really heightened moments in the story when you're supposed to you know really be feeling it either the highs or the lows and it undercuts it like it's yeah. it's pretty it's pretty laughable when it happens it's very risky yeah to do that in games like mm -hmm. to have have a vocal song pop in, yeah. you know, like like sometimes some of people's like favorite moments in games like that happens, but it's very risky. Yeah, I mean, we we did Alan Wake, and with the exception, this it's a real poets of the fall kind of thing, actually. Sure, yeah. yeah. There's, there's some there's some poets of the fall stuff happening here, but like yeah. you know, some of the some of the selections in Alan Wake worked pretty well, like that Poe song, you know, Space Oddity, sure. you know. The, the, yeah. the, this is not Poe or Space Oddity. No, this isn't anything you'll recognize. Right. Like, this is not, you know, as soon as she decides to get revenge, it starts playing Queen Bitch or something. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's not that. It's it's some guy. It feels like a guy, the band, the guy who made the game knew. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's like, hey, you know, you're going to make a game. That's awesome. My band can do music. Mm -hmm. Cool. And then he just wrote these uh, pretty embarrassing 
uh indie rock songs yeah like if, if i were in like a rock club and this came on i would leave yeah well you can uh, you, you can go like so the like the bands are listed in the credits and you can look at like they have videos and stuff but you know it's uh, you know it's, i'm going to grade this on the europe curve or i'm going to offer that excuse <laughs> they live in europe they don't have access to good music yeah it's before they before good music we haven't colonized right with music yet boy that's yeah that's a thing to say the um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 you can you can talk about colonizing europe they they, they they've they've earned it they've, they've <laughs> earned it yeah they're they're fine yeah hit me i want you to hit me um the uh yeah so it's it's embarrassing when it pops up mm-hmm. uh to me and and this is another thing we're like we're mildly different is the score did not stand out to me because i feel like the game kind of trained me to stop paying attention to music <laughs> Trained you to mute to mute the audio track. I can understand that. Also, uh, we have different tastes when it comes to um, you know, like a preference toward like moody or ambient ish music. Yeah. I think a lot of that works really well uh, when it's done here. And and that there's, that music was composed by Rem Mikalski's brother. There's a lot of weird uh, cat jazz that happens. A like bit. there's a cat about time for some jazz. <laughs> uh, <laughs> happens a few times during this but like the, the, the score stuff like i don't think is nearly as offensive as the lyrical stuff right the lyrical stuff is very embarrassing yeah, yeah. i think and just it, like in a game that is about mood and tone and generally nails it a lot of the time thanks to the writing to have it come in and undercut itself with this extremely distinct choice that is I, a major turnoff it's a it's a real unforced error I'm really excited because there's a game that's on our schedule that we haven't announced yet uh-huh. that ends with a song that I cannot wait for you to hear. <laughs> like, I cannot wait for that point. Like, I want you to text me day or night when you, <laughs> when you, when you get to the end of that game. <laughs> so, wait a you'll minute. know it when it happens. Oh, shit. No, I know which one. You're, I think I know which one you're talking okay. about. No, no, no. Oh. Oh, shit. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, bleep that. Uh-huh. But the, the um, yeah, it's uh, it's horrendous. <laughs> so it's it's amazing when it happens. Yeah, yeah. It it, just it's did. like the last express. It's it's like the mechanical <laughs> death bird of that that game comes in in the last little bit. I just maybe maybe, maybe that the shouldn't be allowed to happen. If you're going to do it, it has to be the end credits of God Hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah make a joke. Yes. Oh, so um, that's the stuff we still, like we talked about uh, this game and its predecessors last sequel. They were done in um, um, they were done at Adventure Game Studio. Uh, this is kind of the main, you know, the, the main creative work here is, uh, is a guy named Rem Mikalski. I'm not going to try and pronounce his, his, his full name, but he grew up in Poland and he spent 12 years working as a nurse in England kind of before developing Downfall and then this game. And he did a lot of stuff here. Yeah, it's it's not singular, but it's a very mm-hmm. small yeah. team, if anything. Like this is this is Autori. Yeah. It's yeah. got Autoriness to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he did the writing, game design, artwork, animation, and then his brother did the uh the, the original soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um so this is uh the the sequel predecessor to Downfall. Mm-hmm. Um it has some ties to that. Yes. Um, and because this game was so successful, he was able to move back to Port, uh, Poland mm-hmm. and start developing games full time. Right. Yeah. Um, it, you know, his past, like, as you know, working in the medical field and working specifically, um, in like nursing and hospice, um, really come through. This is a person who has dealt with and witnessed mental illness quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, and this is kind of the first game in a trilogy that is called Devil Came Through Here. That is a, you know, that just was applied at the end as uh, Rem was developing Lorelei, the third. Um, it is followed by a remake of Downfall. Um, the chronology on that is super weird. You kind of have to unfocus your eyes. Um, and the conclusion just came out um, in 2019. Lorelei uh, was one of my favorite games this year, you know, because mm-hmm. I am because I am all about this shit. So. The, uh, I watched the trailer for it, and it's uh, the music's better, and it's more cohesive visually. Yes, like it's it's both those. This this feels like as far as both those things. Like obviously, like the more, I mean, the original 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 Downfall mm-hmm. is also uh, well, that looks more like a traditional video game or adventure game as well. Yeah, yeah, it's like more this pixely. is the game in the trilogy that looks like this, mm-hmm. um, and sounds like this. Yeah. The Downfall remake takes this aesthetic. Oh, gotcha. Yes, gotcha. Yeah. Lorelai looks much more traditional to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the song in the trailer is fine. Yeah. No, the the, the music in Lorelai is generally better, um, yeah. mostly because you are playing as a teenage girl and listening to, like, more, like, straight-up punk kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah, as opposed to the kind of music that Susan listens to. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, uh, Susan listens to the same music Rem and, and his friends do. Yeah, Rem and the Rowdy Boys. The Rem and the Rowdy, Rowdy Boys. Poland crew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Rem and the Boys, back at it again. Krispy Kreme. Um, yeah, Awoo. so we're going to go in. Uh, we're going to get into it. Yep. Um, so this is your jumping off point if you uh, if this game sounds interesting to you. Yeah. Music. So uh, things open up here. Uh, we've got a really dismal opening, and we've got Susan Ashworth uh, describing in VO uh, basically uh, her her wind blown life uh, that mm-hmm. she that, that she lives. Uh, you know, she is incredibly misanthropic. She really doesn't have anybody in her life, and she only trusts her cats. Um, and basically, they, they're the only things that she is going to miss. Um, mm-hmm. And her favorite cat. Uh, this, uh, this black cat named teacup stays with her until the very end kind of opens up on this striking image of her and teacup just kind of staring at each other. Yeah. Teacup, like this photorealistic cat, like slow blinking mm-hmm. at her as she uh, dies. That reminds me, you know, I, on uh, Facebook, I'm all the, I'm part of those animal groups Yeah, and I keep seeing one of those, like, you know, the dodo stuff like that, like the sad animal. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Like one of those, it's not the dodo, but one of those other story things keeps saying this story about like this guy who was going to kill himself and didn't when his cat came up and like rubbed on his leg. <laughs> and, that, and if you own a cat that happens all the time i understand well, <laughs> good yeah but if you were like like you're right on that moment like reminding you of like oh what's this thing gonna do oh yeah, yeah. when i'm gone you know like it actually is like pretty touching to me okay yeah no i you just I was, I was thinking my, my, my cat rubs my leg four or five times a minute well you never kill yourself right oh, okay so, there we so, go so yeah it works it clearly works yeah um the uh yeah, I just I was just thinking about that. It's like a sweet thing because you know yeah. it's nice to it's nice to be wanted by a living creature. Absolutely, no, and, and yeah. you know I just uh, I don't know. Like I've I played this game before I got a cat, and then I replayed it after getting a cat. Man, Greta's been such a good force for me and my uh, mm-hmm. kind of mental health. 
Yeah. Just generally. Like, I fucking love my cat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, pet, yeah, pets. Pets. Get a pet. good. <laughs> yeah, it will change your life. Yes. Get a pet. Get a pet. Um, but Susan is in a bad way. Her, 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 uh, problems cannot be solved by having, yep. by having a pet. Uh, and she has taken all of her, uh, prescription, uh, sleeping pills. Um, <laughs> and before she fades out, she says, I've only got one thing to say now. Thanks for nothing. Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, and I have to admit like Earl, this game took a minute to grab me because I don't like this opening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think chapter one in this is bad. Like, and, and it gets good. I'm not, this mm-hmm. is not shitting on this game. I like this game quite a bit. Mm-hmm. The beginning of this is really annoying to me. Yeah. I was like, is the whole game going to be this? Because if so, like I'm, I'm out. Yep. I mean, I wasn't going to really be out, but I was <laughs> right, like closer to out. Because you, you start off this first chapter. So chapter one, house in the woods, mm-hmm. which is laying the groundwork kind of begins with like you just being somewhere and like choosing a direction to go, like doing kind of the worst, like adventure game, just rubbing up against seams to progress the game. You're like doing this weird, like expanding shuttle run. Like you're going until you hit a wall seeing, okay, I need a thing. And then walking as far as you can in an opposite direction to get the thing that you need. It's a lot of kind of like hoving back and forth, admittedly through some kind of cool, surreal imagery, but the things that you're doing, it ends up being really frustrating because like you can miss stuff and it feels very, it feels, very poorly guided and signaled. Well, and I, I think that this game, you know, maybe it's the 2012 lineage, mm-hmm. is slightly more in love with you going left through a screen, seeing something, and when you go right, being in a different area. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's maybe, like, pretty in love with that. It mm-hmm. does that a couple times in the game, and every time I felt like the game was a little bit more impressed with it than I was. Yeah. And I don't think that's because it's an uncool idea. I think it's mm-hmm. because it's just been done way better and so often. Yeah, especially since, since, then. since then. Yeah. Yeah. So so early on, like you're in this weird field, uh, in in a cool field, <laughs> and uh, I think you, that feels pretty cool, Gary. It, it's it's fine. It's a fine <laughs> field. Um, I don't like this deer. Um, you, you, you pass by this uh, lock shed. You can't get into it. Um, you know, you go to the right. There's a tunnel full of cars. Um, but there's an ambulance that blocks your path. Right. So um, the back of the ambulance won't open, so you just there's nothing to do but go back mm-hmm. the other way. Yeah, then you just walk the other way, and then boom, you walk walking the other way causes it to open, and your body rolls out on a gurney, um, yeah. and it's got a key that you need in its mouth. It's just literally the game, the game making things happen as you backtrack, which I don't yeah. I don't care for at all. But really. it stops doing it. Yes. Like it's really weird. Like it, it has this feeling of like you know, like a lot of times it feels like. Um, when we talked about in games where you can you can tell the first level that a game maker made mm-hmm. because it's the one with like the most attention and care put into it. Yeah. This feels like it was made uh, linearly. Mm-hmm. Like he just got better at making using the system. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. You know, I don't know if that's true, but the game just like greatly improves in my opinion. Yeah. Well, just, early stuff. Additionally, like each chapter gets like a distinct theme about it, too. Yeah. You know, and this one, it's like, oh, I'm wandering around in the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no direction. Um, no. So the key lets you into the shack, of course. Like, there's one key and there's one door. Mm-hmm. Um, reach inside and there's a machine. Um, when you're in, you can hear this heartbeat. And there's a switch to turn on the machine, but it's blocked by some planks. And you can't ply them off with your uh, bare hands. So you just go explore because that's yeah. all you can do. Yeah. Uh, the outside environment has changed. And you follow this photorealistic deer into some woods, ultimately um, uh, ending up at a uh, at a metal wall. Your body is hanging there, but you have nothing to cut it down with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now you have to go back because there's nothing there. Uh, and now you're deeper in the woods. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't go the same way. And there are crows. Um, you reach a gate that has these animal head, heads mounted on it um, where there's a pig's crown 
uh, on the pig's head on the top of it, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, you're like, hey, at least that's not my head on display because yeah. you've seen your corpse a bunch of times. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's going to happen, you know. Um, yeah. So you end up following, you know, the uh, the crow that's kind of uh, hounding you. The, to the... puzzle yes. of this is following the crow back and forth. Yes. You follow a crow back and forth until eventually it leads you to the deer's body, kind of gutted and stretched out on some bars. And that's the first real gore that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but there's a knife sunk in its chest, which Yahtzee, we need that. And you yeah. open up a little, uh, shortcut so you can, um, you know, cut down your hung body. Yep. Uh, which has a key, of course, mm-hmm. um, which gets you past the pig gate. Yeah. Now, again, I mean, I didn't... N- like notice we're not like putting anything together with this. It's literally just getting the, getting, <laughs> getting through the gates that the game sets up. Yeah. You have yeah. one door and one key at a time. Yeah. Like, um, and again, this was what made me worried. Mm-hmm. I was like, if this whole game is like this, like, I know I, this game highly recommended from you mm-hmm. and I trust you, but I was like, maybe this is just a thing where like the imagery of these forests and stuff is just doing it for you. Yeah. And I was worried the game was going to be like this. No, no. Uh, it's not like, this is the outlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get to the cabin and there's an old woman here and this is where the game kind of gets interesting. Yes. Um, um, I, I, so I love the queen of maggots. Her voice performance mm-hmm. is very good. Like that accent. I can't tell if it's like French or German. Um, yeah. they, 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 a little bit of both. Yeah. It's just, just like a little bit of both. And there's like just enough of like a vocal treatment on her to where it yeah. sounds like there's a deeper voice behind her. Um, well, sometimes it's, it's very obvious. Yes. Like it kind of goes back and forth. Like it's, it's, it starts subtle and then gets less subtle as it goes on. Yes. Um, and of course, like, we know we killed ourselves. We know we're in the afterlife and our character knows that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we ask if it's the devil. Um, she says she has had so many names. It's hard to pick one. Like obvious, you know, mm-hmm. this feels very devil like figures. Yeah. 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 You know, you, know yeah. you, you ask her that like, oh, she balks, you know, uh, yeah. and she basically says, you know, I come when there's nothing to take and never give anything back. So, yeah. you know, basically she's lying to you. You know, she's saying like, oh, there is no Faustian bargain. What do you have and what do I have to give? I mean, I, I, yeah. then she sets you up with one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she's been around a while. She knows you. She's been with you through all this stuff. She knows everything about you. Mm-hmm. Um, you ask what will happen next. Um, and she says that her house is full of hallways. Um, something that will make you want to return to whence you came. Mm-hmm. So you can basically go back to life. You go inside. Um, and she says, like, she will give you back your happiness in exchange for a simple task Yes. Uh, at this point. Mm-hmm. And you can press her with a few different things. Um, you know, and when you say, like, hey, I need to know your name before I agree to anything. She says, okay, well, you call me the Queen of Maggots. That's that's what most people call me, and that's what I find to be most right. accurate, you know. And I like maggots because they feed on what's dead and gone. Yeah. Um, so you go deeper in the cabin, you follow her. Um, she says you, need, says you need to go back to life and face five people. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why she chose you for this is because you want to vanish just like she once did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the five people you need to face are called parasites. This is right. kind of our Dark Souls intro. We don't get like information on them, but we're, we've been given a kill bill list. Yes. Um, at this point. Um, <laughs> right. Their destinies are all bound together. Uh, they will want to get closer to you and they'll want to hurt you. You're tasked with killing them. And you can push back like, hey, I don't want to just kill people. And she's yeah. like, no, you, you'll want to. They'll, they will want to kill you. Yeah. There's no shade to this. Like, these are just unambigu- unambiguously evil people. Right. Generally, even though you don't have to actually kill them all. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. 
Um, and really the only option that's left at, at all of this is a like, Hey, I can't do this. I'm too weak. You know, yep. like, like, why would you, why would you ask me to do this when you've seen, you know, kind of, kind of where, where, where I'm at. And she says, all right, well, you'll have immortality to, you know, before you can accomplish the task. And Susan doesn't like this, you know, she just wanted it to be over. But now the queen of maggots has taken away the last thing that she, you know, she had, which was the option to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, so she uh, she takes you deeper into their house, which is like a cool field. Mm-hmm. Um, and your your body is crucified here in the field, your body, uh, which you can grab a crowbar from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she basically says you don't have a choice. Right. Um, you know, you can say, yes, I do have a choice. You can, I just said yes because I was annoyed by the first part and just wanted to get on with the game. Right, right. Um, at this point, like later on, there is consequence to being defiant. Mm-hmm. To her in terms of the endings, which we'll talk about, which is something I think is is missed opportunity in this game. Yeah. Um, again, game I really like. But I think that the ending <laughs> stuff is dumb. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, the, 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 there's only one ending and path to that ending that makes any real sense to yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I chose to remain defiant. She can't tell me what to do. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, <laughs> I don't really have a choice if she makes me immortal or not. So here we go. Yeah. You, know, you end up in the cabin and, the, you know. She says, hey, you know, in order to go, you're going to have to blow out a candle, you know, does the whole soul for a soul thing. Uh, And some of your blood. Yes. You need to spill a little blood and blow out a candle. Right. You know, the cabin won't open until you blow one of the candles out. There are multiple candles in the foreground um, and you have to, you know, in order to proceed in in order to not be trapped in this cabin, you have to blow out a candle and the, you know, scene cuts away and we see a man hanging himself. Yes. So there's a little bit of like, oh, like these are people's lives. Yes. You know, obviously, uh, which, again, doesn't go anywhere mm-hmm. really with this. Is that something that's her ability to have these candles and stuff? Is this anything that's expanded in, like, the extended Cat Lady verse? Yes. In the other games? Okay. Because yeah. as it fits into this game, mm-hmm. it is essentially like a non sequitur. Mm-hmm. Later on, when you meet this character again, you you call her out for what she is, which does not follow with what came before. Mm-hmm. And I think that you're just wrong at that point. I think your character is just wrong, but it's pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll talk about it. Yeah. But this is something I expected to have uh, payoff. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, like, you're, you know, I thought this was going to be like the box. The you box. know, like that um, that uh, Richard Kelly movie and Twilight Zone episode where, like, the guy comes and gives you a box and says, like, press this button. Oh, yeah. And one person, you, you know, you don't know, well, you'll get a million dollars, et cetera. Like, I was like, oh, this is going to be people she didn't want to have die. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to have consequence because that's, you know, that is fiction, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but it doesn't come up. Like it's right. not really a thing, right? Right. It's a you know it's it's here to demonstrate that Queen of Maggots has this has this power over people and souls. Yeah. Here at the at this point, like getting you know it is it is most expanded upon Lorelai, which concerns itself more with the Queen of Maggots and like what she actually is. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, because the end of this, you accuse her of being something that she's clearly not. Yeah. That that, that and it, lines up yeah. like a little bit, but it's not the whole story. Yeah. It's weird. It, like when uh, reading interviews with this guy, he talks about how he doesn't, you know, he resists like something that has an interpretation. Like he kind of writes in a way like where he just like finds like let stuff find itself. Mm-hmm. And this to me had a really big feeling like the thing that you accuse the Queen of Maggots of being later, which is basically a symbol mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to an actual eldritch being. I think maybe the writer's mind changed as he went on. Yeah. Like he stumbled upon the denouement scene. 
with mm-hmm. her and was just like, this is better. Yeah. So let's go for it. But it doesn't, the, the beginning of it doesn't set you up very well for it. No, no. It's weird. Yeah. Like, like I just kept expecting there to be a tale for it. Mm-hmm. Like this whole chapter is almost other than just getting the parasites is basically. It's a bit um, of a, like, yeah. Yeah. bit a bit of a shaggy dog kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, you blow out a candle, you see a man hanging themselves. Uh, you go back to the shack with your crowbar um, the machine is not on, so you can, and you, this whole time, you know, she said you had to shed a little blood, and you can be like, well, maybe I don't want to. She's like, don't worry, it's just a little bit of blood. <laughs> um, so when you return uh, there with a crowbar, you pry off the boards, and you can stick your arm into the hole mm-hmm. uh, to press a button here, and a saw-like blade trap. Like, a, like yeah, like a guillotine, and it comes down, like, and you see this in, like, inside view. Like, you see yeah. her hand reaching into the hole, and, you know, her arm is cut off at the shoulder. Yep. You know. Uh and you just run around panicking mm-hmm. as the uh as credits roll. Yeah. And very bad double music plays. And horrible music plays. <laughs> and and again, pretty worried. I like that my arm was cut off. Yes. And and her like the the panic expression and the blood yeah. spraying everywhere. You know, like oh, I'm down for that kind of grungy grungy yeah. gore horror. But yeah, yeah. I mean the, and she the, lied. The, the music. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But <sighs> So this takes us to uh, chapter two, the second first breath, um, mm-hmm. where, you know, uh, Susan has been found, you know, like she uh, came back to life, but she's in a uh, she's in a psych ward at a at a hospital. You know, mm-hmm. you, you actually, you know, just wake up, you know, in a psychiatrist office and you're talking to Dr. X, who immediately um, expresses the strongest parasite energy imaginable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just real, real creep. Yeah. And there's also that conservation of detail thing. Mm-hmm. Like, now that I know that there are five parasites and there are seven <laughs> chapters in the game. Right. Like, oh, I'm going to meet a bunch of these parasites. Yeah. Like, everybody I meet. Probably want a chapter. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but, he, uh, you know, but he says something meaningful at the start. You know, I always wanted to be an artist myself. I think you can comment on some of the art that's hanging in his uh, in his, in his office. You know, um, I've always wanted to be an artist myself, but it'll be a long time. I often say my patient or my canvas which cool attitude medical professional yeah yeah um and and it's kind of early on in the game where like i did not know what what exactly the game steez was yeah yeah you know how literal to take that or whether how well written the game was yeah like yeah. i didn't know if this was something that was supposed to be a clue or there's something that was what an inept writer might think a psychologist would say right you know and it's it's more confident and more competent than, than that yes um, so he gives you, you evaluation, um, and this is kind of a choose your own adventure of your past. Right. You know, the, um, the, the thing that comes out is, you know, Susan says, okay, I used to be a nurse, but I haven't really been working, mm-hmm. you know, um, then we flash back to when Susan woke up from the pill coma, you know, and the doctor confirms, Hey, there's no, there, there there's no permanent damage. Um, and, and there's they, nothing wrong with your arm. Yeah. Like, they, you they assure, saying, like, what happened like, to my arm? What happened to my arm? Um, and like the, those psych evals where you are talking with Dr. X, those are kind of peppered in throughout this entire, this entire chapter. Like this game does montage in play in a weird way that I don't see very often, actually. Yeah. 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 And also a way that I think it gets better at. Yes. Again, like the, there's a weird linearity to this game as like, even, you know, it's almost like my favorite chapters go as the game goes on. Mm-hmm. Like almost like this is a good chapter. Yeah. But it, it's better than chapter one, but it's not as cool as like chapter four. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, it's, it's 
it, they get better yeah. as they go. They get better at the montage. They get better at telling stories nonlinearly. Mm-hmm. Like it just takes a while to vibe with yeah. and like really understand what it's doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a nurse who comes in named Liz who talks to you. She's the one who, the first person who sounds like she recorded a dialogue over a phone. Yes. Um, she's very friendly. Um, you know, says that you're lucky, uh, because somebody walked in on, you know, your daughter, uh, came in at the last minute mm-hmm. and I watch you. are like, I don't have a daughter. She's lying. It's like, well, then <laughs> why would they do that? Um, so setting up a mystery for later. Yeah. Um, and she basically, you kind of talk to her, uh, about her, her life. Right. For a while, which yeah. ends up being important. Very. Um, you know, she is you know, complaining about her roommates. She's talking about how just, oh, this job is really weighing on her, you know, as often it would. Right. And she even, you know, warns you about Dr. X, um, you know, saying he's a really he's <laughs> like there's something wrong about him. But then she corrects herself. Oh, he's a really great guy. You should trust him. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, basically that he has a weird smell. Um, he's, he's a huge flirt, mm-hmm. you know, fucks anything with a skirt. Um, but the, uh, you know, he's, I like him. A lot of people don't like him, but I do. Yes. Yeah. Um, we cut away to another segment where, um, Dr. X is asking about, you know, relationship with your parents. You can answer in, you know, multiple different ways. You can say, mm-hmm. you know, um, basically it's a, what, like a, like a, like a multiple choice past kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so then you, you go back, uh, to this and you, uh, you, this is the adventure game mm-hmm. section. You do some adventure game stuff to get out. Yeah. Uh, you've got to get out of this, uh, hospital because, yep. uh, you don't really think that they're, that they're going to, uh, discharge you as it goes. Yeah. Um, they said that you just need to talk to Dr. X first. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's called, is, is Dr. Xavier or something? Yeah. It's yeah. not like everyone is just calling him Dr. X. Like <laughs> he's a super villain, like, right. you know, just in the middle of nothing. It's Dr. Xavier or something. something. Yes. Um, so basically, um, you know, you go out, uh, to the front desk, the nurse will not help you there. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some discharge papers on the desk, um, for another patient. Um, but you cannot, uh, you cannot grab them while the nurse is there. So you need to cause a distraction. Very adventure game in like a leisure suit Larry kind of way. <laughs> right. this, is, this is the most leisure suit Larry like this game gets. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly. Yeah. Um, I was just like, oh, like, I'm really just going to go distract the nurse. Yeah. No. And then you go to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, I am going to just distract the nurse. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, well, I, I also like that Susan's plan. It, it, like, it is exactly as thought through and successful as it would be in real life. Yeah. Like it yeah. doesn't work. Like you're, you're no. just, you're, you're doing this, you're doing this to work yourself further into the web. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you go and you meet your neighbor and, you know, who comes out of the bathroom and she's completely out of it on meds. You can, mm-hmm. um, look at her chart and find out, okay, she has put, she has committed herself voluntarily, um, mm-hmm. being, you know, because, because of her addiction problems. Um, her, her performance is weirdly bad. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, in terms of just being like, just a very grating in a way that almost feels like it's played for comedy. She talks too slow. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like, Hey, be drugged out. Yes. Um, it's also frustrating because she won't trust you, mm-hmm. you know? So the, the, the grand, what you're trying to do is get the discharge papers and get her ID yeah. tag. Yeah. Um, she won't trust you unless you know her mom's name. There's a couple of red herrings in this game, uh, that again, kind of speak of its vintage. Mm hmm. You know, that was a big thing in adventure games, like in the 90s during the boom. But I feel like they're really out of style now. Well, what, what, uh, what thing which, in particular? Um, that you cannot look through those patient files on the desk that don't have her mother's name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that you can hide things under pillows. Mm-hmm. 
or you can look for things under pillows, yeah. but it's never, it never comes up mm-hmm. in the game. There's a couple like, and it's, the game is very, you know, you don't have like a verb wheel, like Maniac Mansion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's very intentional. Like you stand in front of the pillow, it says, look under mm-hmm. as an option. It's just kind of there for flavor to make right. it a little bit more interacty. Yeah. But yeah. it ends up feeling with the way this game kind of handles conservation of detail and how mm-hmm. it handles your verb set. Like it ends up feeling a little bit just red herringy, and that also drops off in the game. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of just stops happening. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like early on, I was like, "Oh, weird." <laughs> you know, you can you can there's trap items. Yeah, um, you can. Uh, so the way you're going to distract the nurse is by grabbing a wad of uh, rubber gloves mm-hmm. and flushing them down the toilet. Um, you can also grab just a single rubber glove. Yeah, but nothing happens with it. Yeah, no, it's because it's somebody else's problem. It becomes part yeah. of a fatberg. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, it just like that that stuff goes away as the game becomes more directed. Like yes. at this point, it's weirdly directionless up until we meet our first parasite. Yeah. You know, like we are just kind of given the open space of this ward and we're trying to figure it out. Um, and part of that involves um, drugging yourself and going into a nightmare universe in order to see truths that are otherwise concealed from you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also something that doesn't happen very often in the game. Right. Like I was expecting that to be a major part of the game. Like, Oh, I'm going back and forth between a real world and nightmare world. Mm-hmm. No, not really. You know, it's it more of a here. thing in uh, downfall. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so you, you, uh, you cause a distraction to get rid of the nurse. So you can go grab the discharge papers mm-hmm. uh, by flushing the toilet. There's other stuff you can do in the bathroom as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You um, know, uh, you want to grab a medication cup and, uh, you know, shard of mirror. Um, you learn uh, your neighbor's uh, mom's name by running, um, running water. Uh, and it just shows the word lie in a mirror. But it's actually when you go into the other world, you actually see Sheila is, is, is the name that gets yeah. you uh, one of those. And the way you go into the other world is the nurse comes in and drugs you. Yes. Yeah. This straight up patient abuse yeah. <laughs> is, is is what's going on here, yeah. um, and in order to, in order to um, get the, the 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 bracelet that you that you need, you have to go out into like the main room and use a shard of mirror to cut uh cut open this gigantic beating spider's heart in yes. the background, uh, the narcotic heart to uh, fill a medicine cup with some of its red liquid. Yeah, 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 and it's it's so. Yeah, I, I swear I'm not going to harp on this because the game changes. Mm-hmm. I just I had this is still kind of when I was like a little because I thought this was what the game was going to be like. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is so the way I found the mother's name was not through looking at the medical files on the desk, mm-hmm. but was through getting drugged and finding them in a in a dream realm. Yeah. Like that kind of sucks. Like mm-hmm. I, I was not into that. Yeah. Um, And if the whole game had been like that, like where it's like the dream logic horror adventure game. Right. But it, it just it stops. Mm-hmm. Even in this chapter, it stops. Yes. Like as soon as you have that stuff, you get her ID badge. Um, you can walk out, which is great. Uh, but then Doctor X happens to walk up to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at this cord. point, Scarecord. Um, he's like, "Listen, you know, we're so sorry. We've been giving you the wrong medications. Right. Um, we have to do your psych eval first thing in the morning, but you can go home right after that. We're so sorry." You're fine. And we get to another psych evaluation uh, session and he starts talking, you know, earlier when Liz was talking about him, she says like he has a way of getting you to open up about stuff that um, you wouldn't ordinarily open up about. Right. Um, You know, he talks about, uh, you know, depression, uh, suicidal thoughts, and then starts talking about your ex-husband. Yeah. Um, And when your ex-husband comes up, this is the only time where um, all of the options are evasive. 
you can't actually say how Susan feels about that. She always yeah. wants to avoid the question. Yep. It will become a thing later. Yes. So, um, so that's the, you know, but that's the way things go here. Um, and he says like, Hey, what happened last night after you were caught? Because you caused an awful lot of a disturbance. You know, I need to know this before I can give you kind of a clean bill of health. Um, mm -hmm. And we flash back, you know, back to the previous night where Liz, the friendly nurse, she comes and wakes you up and says, hey, you need to follow me. We're not safe. You aren't safe here. I'm not safe here. And we have to follow her up to our roof where the camera kind of reveals, you know, pans over and she's standing on the ledge and she's got blood on her clothes. Yeah. Saying like, and uh, weird. It's it's the same thing from Life is Strange. Yeah. The, well, you know what? I didn't actually notice that connection, but it is. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, <laughs> the exact same puzzle. Yeah. Like, um, how much did you listen when this person was talking about their life? Yeah. She's saying, you know, nobody cares about me. You can say, I care. And she's like, no, you're not. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. You didn't even listen to me. And then she kind of quizzes you. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, regardless of whether you get this correct or not, mm -hmm. uh, she jumps. Right. At this point, but this is part of getting the golden ending is doing this right. Right. Um, and it's weird that getting the golden ending requires you to answer all those questions, right? Like, I get what that is, you know, like you are proving the queen of maggots cynical worldview wrong. Pretty much. You're not under the sway. Um, but, uh, it also like it, when you answer it all right, you get the key that helps you get out without killing this, this, uh, uh, this parasite, mm -hmm. which is, which is weird. The golden ending is ill-advised. Yeah. You also can kill the parasite and still get the golden ending. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think that the, this is, I think just, it's not not killing the parasite. It's just mm. optional. Okay. Yeah, but you, you can you get you know, the key that lets you run. Yeah. Yeah. But why, why would you not kill this guy? Yeah. Because we're going to find out stuff about him and he's got to go. Yeah, he's got to go. <laughs> like, it's really weird thing not to kill this guy. Yeah. If they were tied that into the good ending, I'd be like, what are you, what are you trying to say? <laughs> what are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you playing? Who are you obeying day out and day in? Huh. <laughs> baby, 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 baby. It's driving me crazy. Um, so uh, you, you're talking to him, uh, you know, you say this and she, Dr. X is like, nobody believes you about this because I saw Liz this morning. Right. She's like, fine. she's fine. Yeah. And you're, and you're like, no, I saw her jump. And he's like, well, let's go talk to her. Mm -hmm. um, you go to the door and the door is locked. Yeah. Uh, and he goes up and he's like, you know, for what it's worth, I would have let you go if it wasn't for Liz. Yes. If and you then didn't he stabs you a bunch of times. If you, yeah. If you didn't mention this person that I very obviously killed, uh, but I've got to ventilate your chest cavity here. Just let me, yeah. let, let me, you know, let me stab you open like I'm you near know, a microwave dinner. You yeah. Know. Some light stab play. Yes. Um, and you wake up in another dream space with another, like, dream god. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thing, the crow. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh the, the 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 crows are expanded upon. Mm -hmm. Um good, good, good. <laughs> so I, I you know that that doesn't excuse why it's like kind of weird and out of nowhere here. Um but we're in a theater and you kind of pull open this cord and a photorealistic eyeball appears twitching on a mirror in the background. You know, and here's the crow saying like, "Hey, you know, I want to help you escape." Um there are two doors over here. One of them is the way out. Um you need to ask my my dolls. <laughs> you, mm -hmm. need, you need to ask my dolls um which one is right. And of course it is a knights and knaves thing with two incredibly hideous monstrosities that you have the to dolls talk look to. Great. I love it. It's so good. Yeah. They're really scary. Like, yeah. I think these look great. Yeah. They're in the way they're um, animated as well. Yeah. 
but but I can't believe they did the like one of us tells the truth and one of us always lies like in the <laughs> as if that so question weird. wasn't answered in one of the most popular children's movies. Yeah, like this is just such a stock like yeah comes comes with every riddle book. Yep. <laughs> um, this is also part of the golden ending. Mm-hmm. Is getting this right? You don't have to get it right to continue, but if you do, you go in a room with some flowers on it, mm-hmm. and you say that you hate flowers. A little foreshadowing. And you leave. And then we never really see any of that that mystic realm again. No, no. Um, you know, uh, we're back in the queen's cabin. Uh, to leave, we have to blow out another uh, candle. Mm-hmm. Causes an um, old woman to flatline. Yep. Uh, so every time, you know, obviously every time we die, you're, to come back, somebody else has to die. Yes. Um, and uh, we wake up in a body bag. Yep. Um, I, I love this because it does this weird little inversion to get out. You find a writhing body bag, you open it up and you're inside and yeah. then it cuts. And what you have seen is your body bag in the, the real world. There's like mm-hmm. a little, little switcheroo that happens again, very surreal and very good, but you're in a body bag in this padded room and there are the corpses of several women around. Yeah. Uh, and that was when I got angry. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that is the so one of the ways in which this game is not like I think kind of fashionably tasteful mm-hmm. about the psychological themes mm-hmm. is the fact that it also functions as this like rip roaring tale of revenge. Yes, like this is this is a game that is somewhat subtle about depression that it talks about. It's also a game in which you're introduced to a series of theme murderers mm-hmm. and get to have creative adventure game revenge on them. Yes, you know it's both things. Yeah. Which, like, um, and, I like I both you, things. I do. I do too. Yeah. Like, I, I, I like both things. I think that I don't think I don't like how they work together in yeah. this. I don't think they I don't think they actually gel. Mm. So I, like this ends up being like a, a sandwich that is like something I really love with something else I really love. Yeah. It doesn't ruin it, but mm-hmm. it, it's, it's not. Uh, it's weird. Yeah. I can imagine people who are here for the like tasteful, like the people who love like actual sunlight. You know, Jeez, finding, stuff, finding some stuff to like about this, mm-hmm. but being like, why am I hunting serial killers in a basement? Yeah. It's fucking seven. It's Saw. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like gore porn. You know, it, 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 it's part of the kind of like weird identity that this has. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this might be just made for you as yeah. a thing. Like that intersection <laughs> is the coolest thing. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. You know, because I, I like both. Like, uh-huh. I, I am way into, like, once I started seeing this shit, I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy's got to go. Yeah, yeah. And I took a lot of pleasure in hunting down the the weird theme killers in this. Yeah, no, just, I like, I, I take a lot of, pl- pl- you know, pleasure. And, you know, to me, the resonance is, you know, p- part of the Queen of Maggots whole thing is trying to convince Susan, you know, just, oh, you're a victim. There is no justice. You have to enact this justice by, you know, by acting as, you know, the, 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 the arm of me, but this is like drinking salt water a little bit while also getting rid of people who definitely got to go. Yeah. I, well, I think, I think the idea, like that's where some of the confusion comes in, because mm-hmm. I think that the, if thematically the whole thing was about resisting the queen of maggots, mm-hmm. right. Then this would be something where you would take revenge because you wanted it, mm-hmm. not because it was an unquestionable totalitarian good. But I mean, it, it, it gets to be either way. <laughs> like Susan ends up, you know, like the Queen of Maggots is kind of right. Like, you know, you're going to want to kill them because they are here to victimize you. Like in in my head, you know, in my version of Susan, she wasn't doing this. She wasn't doing this for the Queen of Maggots or for the cause or for the, um, you know, what she was being sent out for. It, it literally was like, okay, I am empowered. I have the ability to make this stop. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, it's yeah. not it's not trying to 
uh, it's it's kind of speaking out of both sides of its mouth. Like, yeah. yes, you know, making the Queen of Maggots correct mm-hmm. in this, while the other things that are the pathway to the golden ending are defying her and mm-hmm. showing that she's incorrect. Yeah. Is confused. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. she's wrong about how cynical she is, but she's definitely right that these people got to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't it doesn't play with that gray space at all. It's not mm-hmm. it doesn't feel very intentional to me. It feels a little bit like just doing both things at once. Yeah, it, it it's it's definitely an imperfect joint. Let's yeah, say. That, that's what I'm picking up on when I, yeah, when I talk yeah. about that. So like the, the two halves of it not meeting. It's like mm-hmm. um, one half, the Queen of Maggots is the symbol, you know, symbolism of, of depression and all the things weighing you down and you have to resist that. Mm-hmm. You know, on the other hand, though, it's an eldritch god who knows that there are five serial killers mm-hmm. that have to go. Yeah. And you're the crow and you're going to go kill these five serial killers as the crow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 just weird. Yeah. Like, it's not bad or anything. And both of the things are done pretty well. Yeah. Like, this is great. This is, mm-hmm. you know, I talk about the game going for it. Yeah, yeah. This is the first time I was like, oh, shit, this game is going to go for it. Yeah, no, and I'm not going to argue that it's cohesive. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not. It, it really isn't. It's because yeah. you, you leave, you know, you leave this padded cell and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a chair outside. You're looking for a weapon. Yes. You know, you know, and like one of them that you find is a, is a, you know, sharp metal pole that is impaling Liz onto the wall. Like, yep. and she's been, she's been dead for a while. And this whole time you're hearing a woman scream yes. far away. And that is just like the same way that like a phone ringing or a baby crying mm-hmm. in the background is just like a low level anxiety patina it's yeah. it's that here as well yeah well also causing anxiety is as you walk through this hallway of like this condemned this condemned building uh you are seeing you know dr x's art- artwork uh which yeah. is recreations of renaissance paintings using the bodies of the women that he kills yes um, r- rigged up uh with uh you know rigged up with wire and caked with makeup to make them look like they're not rotting bodies yes uh, terrifying. Yeah. You know, super spooky art crime. Mm-hmm. You know, really, really good. Yes. Um, yeah. So the uh, you can find, uh, you know, Liz uh, tied up. This is where you get the key. Oh, yeah. If you yeah. talk to Liz, right? And you can get the key just to leave if you want to leave. But again, who's doing that? <laughs> right. Like somebody would, but just like, boy, that does not feel yeah. well, if, like if the you, thing to do. If you leave, like if you let Dr. X get away with it, like this building is demolished and all of the evidence of his crimes is gone. He gets away. Yeah. 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 So instead, you do an, like a somewhat out of place adventure game puzzle mm-hmm. uh, to, a weapon. to to create a good enough weapon, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because a stick or a metal metal blade or a, a, a you know metal shaft is not enough. You have mm-hmm. to make this like bizarre ass mace with a doll's head yep. <laughs> on the top um, or a spear. Right. Uh, those are each tied to different achievements. Yes. Um, uh, I, I, I always go if you don't go with the uh, the, the mace with the doll's head, you're a cop. No, sure. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, like you, you put it together with a table leg, saw blade and a baby doll head and you yeah. walk over and see Dr. X with his, you know, new, new, you know, with his victim, you know, this, the, the, the screaming woman. Um, and he is blindfolded and he is dancing along to her screams. He's blindfolded so he can, you know, focus on the sound better. And he is dancing because he believes the screams are, you know, the best music as yeah. it goes. Just real, real, you know, real spooky psychopath dude. Yes. Um, you can say a one-liner. Hey, kill him. I didn't say anything because I did not ex- exactly know how pulpy this was going to be yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, I don't want to get caught. Like, yeah. maybe that's a fail condition. Um, but no, it's kind of a superhero origin story. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> you know, again, in the, the way this game is kind of everything. Yeah. 
you know, because at the end you, you untie the girl, you know, she's like, oh, he would have killed me, blah, blah. Um, she asks who you are and you can just say, like, I'm no one. You know, I'm Susan, but you can say, call me the cat lady. Mm-hmm. And there is this kind of like very the crow. Yeah. Like energy to, to her. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's bonkers. I'm also here for the one liner where you can say, what's up, Doc? Right before you yeah. kill him. If you do the spear, which I did, not because I'm a cop, right. uh, because I just happened to solve that adventure game puzzle first. Okay. Uh, you can say you'll feel a little prick, <laughs> uh, which is pretty good. But yeah, you, you, like you, you rescue that woman and you get out and there's no follow up on this. The cops don't nope. come uh, nope. because like this takes place in just a really dismal kind of area. Like just this kind of crime doesn't really get noticed as we head into chapter three, River. Um, which is a chapter that I really enjoy. It is best not to play this for optimal, like, like trying to optimize it for the golden ending. Um, but like it is, it is you in your apartment, just basically trying to get your life started back up. Yeah, this is, this is really creative and cool. This is the, this is the thing that I feel like is like fashionably an indie game about depression. Yes. You know, like this would be, this is artful yeah and i i felt this i felt this very yeah. strongly the just the particular ways that things can go wrong and susan's reactions to them yeah yeah um so they introduce a new ui element here yes like it starts off with a poem you're like you're standing on a bridge at sunset you're reading a poem called river which was written by one of the de- developer's friends mm-hmm. um and you have to go home and basically like these are the things you need to do to relax. Yes. And you have two meters. Mm -hmm. You have like a a bad things happen meter and a relaxation meter. Yes. Yeah. And they can both, you know, like filling one up doesn't diminish the other, you know, and you know, the, 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 the fail condition is maxing out, maxing out the, uh, the bad feels meter. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, you've got to, in your apartment, you know, take, take a shower to get all the blood off of you. You are covered in blood. Um, You got to eat. And you got to have a coffee and a smoke. And, oh, you need to see your cats because it's mm-hmm. been a few days. Yep. And just and just check them out. So uh, you're basically doing very mundane things in kind of an adventure game engine. Yes. Here, you know, you go to take a, a shower, but the power goes out. So you have to go put coins in the electric meter. A uh, little, you know, cultural yeah. translation stuff here. I was like, oh, weird. That's you know, like, you should, oh, I didn't strange. pay the bill. Yeah. yeah it's like, okay. Um, go make yourself some food. Um, there's a leftover burger in the fridge. You have to not uh, overcook not it. Overcook it again. Kind of a cultural thing. I've never had to account for the wattage of my microwave when cooking. Something. No, I put it in for 90 seconds. And that was wrong. Yeah. Like and it's like oh that that made it uneatable and 60 seconds would have been fine. <laughs> How fucking powerful is this microwave? <laughs> Jeez, British. Yeah. Jeez, Jeez, Polish. What are you guys doing? <laughs> But like, you know, like that, that is a small thing that fills up your bad fill meter. And like, I don't know, I've like burned some food when I cooked it and it like it happened at the wrong time. And like, that was the last straw for me. And like, mm-hmm. like kind of, kind of ruined the rest of the night. Like when you go to make your coffee, um, you know, you can either use the milk from the fridge or use some coffee friend drink whitener. Yeah. Um, you know, and like, it's, it's kind of dumb that you open up the milk and pour it in and don't notice that it's gone sour until you taste it. But, you know, I can also kind of see, oh, depression makes you not pay attention to things, you know, yeah. like that's just like her mind is elsewhere and you don't notice it until you drink a bunch of bad milk and then, okay, yeah, no, just throw it on. Just the, this death by a thousand cuts of like, just shit, little shit going wrong. I feel it really yeah. hard. I feel it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's good too because this is where 
Um, you know, I, I, I can imagine, I don't actually know if it has, but I can imagine this chapter drawing some criticism because it's not fair. No, no. Uh, and that's something that the, the, you know, they end up saying, like, those end up being kind of arc words to use a TV tropes thing where people say like, you know, tell you it's not fair. Yeah. At some point, the queen of maggots tells you it's not fair. And again, that runs a little bit into like, is the queen of maggots right or wrong? Like, mm-hmm. but here, if you're trying to play it to be optimal, um, you almost can't do it the first time. No. Because some of the things are things you can look at. Like, I deduced that the milk would be sour because I didn't know how long I'd be gone. Right. You know, and I and I just happened to see the uh, the creamer mm-hmm. first. I was like, that'll be safe. Yeah. But I fucked up the microwave thing. Mm-hmm. There's also, if you go into the spare bedroom, you see a teddy bear and just see this huge sanity dip. Yes. And, like, you, all you're doing is exploring a space because that's what you do in adventure games mm-hmm. and in video games. You haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. You know. But it, it still leads you toward the quote-unquote fail condition, but the fail condition is not getting the golden ending, which is, frankly, preposterous anyway. Yes. Yeah. And no one should get the golden ending because it's worse than the, the good ending. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that is a little bit less than optimal is building a scarecrow on your deck. Uh, silly as hell. It's really dumb uh, yeah. because you, you go outside to have a smoke, you know, because you don't want to smoke inside. And there's a crow here um, and you don't want to smoke with that crow because, you know, bad doll memories. So, like, yeah. through your apartment, you have to grab a volleyball and a shirt and you have to, you know, take a hat and build a scarecrow on this laundry drying rack. Yeah. Uh, to scare you know, so it doesn't have a way to go, you know, so it'll, so it'll fly away. Dumb. Not, and not my, my understanding of scarecrows is that they trick crows into thinking there's a person there. Yes. So being a person there should have, like, I'm, ba- <laughs> I'm basically a scarecrow all the time. Oh, yeah. All the time by default. Yeah. Like, I don't talk Tw- about 24/7. it. 24 7. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't talk about it because that would be weird. But yes, I am always a scarecrow. It's on my um, resume. Actually. I mean, it's, it's kind of regrettable because I like crows and I want them to come near me. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 kind of a Henry esque, actually. Yeah, you got to become a comfort crow, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, like the kind they had in the war. Yeah, no, like the kind um, they had in the war. Uh, no, yeah. just they they called them comfort eagles. It was like that cake yeah. album, a cake album. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is uh, pretty silly in adventure gamey. Also yeah. silly is the cats only come when you play piano. Yeah. Um, you know, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's there to, uh, introduce you to an asshole. Um, you play the piano, your cats come down. Mm-hmm. We get some cat jazz as the cats, uh, <laughs> are shown side scroll walking, uh, to you. Mm-hmm. But then your shitty neighbor from upstairs comes down to complain about you, uh, playing the piano. Right. And like, this guy sucks ass, but also he's not totally wrong. Yeah. Um, I think you get some outsized revenge on this guy for complaining <laughs> about you playing piano at like two in the morning. Yep. Like he's not wrong. No, that would suck. If you, you had to get up and go to work and someone's just like, blasted cat jazz, you know, <laughs> you not sleep with all your cat jazz. Yeah. Yeah. He, he gets outsized. He gets outsized, um, uh, revenge, but also he contributes to some really bad stuff by making the call that he makes. Yeah. Yeah. He's a shithead. He didn't, yeah. he didn't know that it was going to be that though. No, no. I don't um, think so. He, he threatens, he talks about, you know, he yells at you. He says he's going to call pest control, uh, on the cats or poison them himself. Mm-hmm. He's pretty fucked up. Yeah, he had no way to know uh, <laughs> exactly what kind of uh, pest control he would be calling. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I have a breakdown at this point. Me too. Yep. Uh, yeah. And you collapse on the bed. And this brings us into chapter four. Yes. Bullet for Susan.
um, which has the uh, the pest control van uh, barreling down a street towards a dilapidated building. A man drags a body out of the van, and we get this kind of flash of this horrible imagery. This is clearly another parasite. Yes. Um, and you think, okay, pest control, they're headed to the apartment. No, they're headed away from the apartment. And, yep. you know, that body, quite obviously, Susan. Yep. Yep, yep. And again, the, um, like yeah. this whole chapter is done in montage. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you get uh, this young woman is knocking on the door. So you wake up um, and this is Mitzi Hunt. Right. Um, she's there because she found out you had a spare room for rent. Um, and we kind of talked back and forth to her. Um, you've had that ad up for a long time. You didn't know mm-hmm. it was still running. Um, this is the person who found you. Yes. She is the quote daughter who uh, who got into your apartment. Um, and she she got that because you know, she, she she got in uh, by picking the lock because she heard the cats inside screaming so loud that it sounded like people yelling. Yeah. Yep. And her, her hole has tons of stories mm-hmm. to it. Like early on, you, you know, me and also the character yeah. were like, oh, this is bad, right. you know, because it's like she's like, oh, I, you know, I, I picked the lock. I carry a lock kit, uh, lock picking kit, because <laughs> it reminds me of my father, who was a locksmith. Yeah, like, that's that's crazy. That's not something somebody does. No, no. You're lying. And she's <laughs> you can, lying. You, you, oh, yeah. No, she's, she's lying, lying through her teeth. Um, yeah. And you, you can even say, like, your dad sounds less like a locksmith and more like a burglar. Yeah. 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 And you sound less like a locksmith and more like a burglar. Yeah. Um, and she even admits, she's like, hey, I read your suicide note. Yeah. You know? And she, like, she uses kind of that information like to, 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 to craft her sales pitch, saying like, hey, I know you don't like being around people, but I really need the room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the reason she needs the room is because she's looking for somebody who lives in the building. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so and Susan, you know, just basically tries talking her out of it, saying like, hey, this place is a shithole. I'm an awful person to live with, um, you know, and even ask you know, Mitzi about like, hey, what, what's this? And Mitzi initially comes off as pretty insensitive about the depression and suicide. Like yeah. they're, they're trying to put you a little bit on on guard about her because every new person that we've met so far has been, you know, either a, a, a spooky ghost or a parasite. Yeah. 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 Um, um, yeah. The, the idea being here that, you know, conservation of detail kind of working against you and yes. this being a major character is introduced halfway through the game. Right. You know, it's a little, it's a little bit odd. Um, when you, uh, you go back out, you're trying to convince her not to rent for the room. The queen of maggots appears behind her mm-hmm. and whispers in her ear, which you of course take to think that she's a parasite. Right. So instead of saying, you know, killing her, you're like, Hey, get out of here. Right. You like if to, you don't get like, out, you are not you safe here. Yes. You're not safe. You're going to die. And she says, I know. Um, and she pulls off her wig, showing that she is bald. Yes. Um, you know, which is the uh, semiotic shorthand for cancer. Yes. And it is like, hey, how did you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're coming we're coming at Mitzi pretty hard right now. Like, we haven't said an awful lot of good things about her. Mitzi's a great character. Yeah. I yeah. like her, her depiction, her performance, like just the way that she kind of compliments Susan, not like, oh, says nice things, but like works with her. Um, mm-hmm. Incredibly good. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're fun. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we're going to get to live um, in, we're going to get to live in that, uh, that, that friendship for the next few chapters. Yep. Uh, for now, though, we cut to Susan lying in a bloodstained room. Uh, with the pest control guy. Mm-hmm. This is a great vocal performance. Yep. Uh, it's the guy. So both this guy, the pest control guy, and his wife. Um, it is David Firth, the guy who does salad fingers. You guys remember that, right? 
internet <laughs> they're like like weirdly those are still coming out like once every couple of years really yeah like they're still doing they're still like the the salad fingers videos coming out that's weird yeah he's friends with radiskull uh, <laughs> you know the great grand great grandson of migraine boy <laughs> like <laughs> yeah um, oh, yeah no, they worked on banana phone yeah 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 <laughs> um yeah so uh he's you know he's wearing a gas mask right. uh really really creepy um, you're tied up and he, he says, you know, he's going to do, do some horrible things to you. Like you, you got a real pretty mouth basically. Yeah. I like just um, like, I mean, and he's talking about like, oh, you like cats and makes like an off color joke about pussy. Like yeah. it's, it's serious business and it does yeah. not play for laughs. Um, and then his wife comes in who is just a zombie. Yeah. Her like shuffling walk that she does on her voice. Uh huh. Like she's just a monster. Yes. Again, like kind of weirdly not fashionable like psychological horror no no just to have a cannibal monster mm-hmm. no, um yeah uh, no um but yeah these, these are these are both but both cannibals and yeah. they are going to eat susan for dinner just like they've been eating the cats yes yep uh the the man the wife is like chiding him like you know because he was going to do sex on you yeah um you know so he leaves uh, and then she comes back in to berate you for seducing her husband right. and pours a bunch of industrial bleach on your face. Right. Uh, which is horrific. Yeah. Um, and like you see Susan's melted face and eyes as this happens. Yeah. You know, and the zombie wife says, oh, you won't need these eyes or that face for much longer anyway. Yeah. So dark. Yeah. Um, now we cut over to where we control the cat teacup. Mm-hmm. As a little kind of cat forming section. Yeah. <laughs> cat like, forming. Yeah, uh, I was genuinely very surprised about this. I was yeah. like, oh. oh, okay. <laughs> There's a little bit of Moby Games said at best, like at the end of the uh, the, the summary, it says, uh, and you get to play as a cat for a short period of time. <laughs> yeah, you get to warg into a cat uh, for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but you're stuck in a cage in this basement, um, and you know by walking back and forth, you knock the cage over, and you can get out, and you go into the room where Susan's at, and you can um, see her burned up face, um, mm -hmm. and you can escape. There's a there's a hole up in the wall that gets you um, into another room, um, to yeah. the room where the uh, uh, or no, we're eventually going to get there. As you walk out, the man comes back in and says, oh, it's real regrettable that, you know, my wife came in with a bleach. And yeah. he's, it seems like he's going to do you a favor and says, hey, listen, you're going to die anyway. Um, you know, here's my favorite gun. That bullet's meant for you anyway. Um, and mm -hmm. instead of, like, giving it to you and putting it in your hands so you can, you know, end it yourself, he puts the gun just out of reach. He's taunting you. You know, and yeah. says, well, what did you expect? Life's a real fucker sometimes. And then goes yeah. out like like yeah. these are not just, you know, monsters, you know, physically for, you know, torturing you and cutting you up and things like that. But also like they are clearly toying with you. Yeah. Yeah. In like a dumb way. Yes. Like this guy has real Todd energy from like Breaking Bad or something. <laughs> yeah. He's like too, like the, the evil dumb. Yes. You know, the which, which is something that, that really works for me. Yes. Um, so then as teacup, you go into the gun room and take the key. You have to avoid notice mm -hmm. uh, to get the key and bring it to Susan, who unlocks your cuffs. Um, you're blind. The screen is uh, black, so you have to go find the gun. And you drop it, but you eventually pick it up and use it to shoot yourself. Yes, um, because you're immortal and you will come back. Yep. You, know, you'll, you will be yeah. restored. 
Um, but this, you know, cuts back to a flashback. Um, and it like, it seems pretty jarring. Like you go back and, um, just the, the text you are dead appears, but it's actually just Susan standing in front of one of Mitzi's posters. Uh, that is not the only, um, dark souls kind of call out that this developer has done. Uh, Hmm. he tends to do that. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. He's an odd boy. He's an odd one. He's an odd one. Yeah. Uh, but it's one of Mitzi's posters. Like Mitzi has moved in and put up her, uh, put, put up her art. She's got Mm -hmm. this, you know, uh, kind of goth aesthetic, but it doesn't come through in her, in her personality. She's genuinely like a really positive and helpful person. Yeah. But there's a part where you're asking, you're conversing with her and you can't actually advance things until you ask a question that says something like, um, you're not part of that emo subculture. Are yeah. you, are you what they call part of the emo <laughs> subculture? And I was like, I kept choosing every other option, yeah. trying not to say that. Yeah. And then you, you had to, and I was like, Oh God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, the, but, but like Mitzi calls it out and says, please never say that again. Yeah. 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 Um, there's a little bit of like shoulder chip yeah, coming from yeah. the developer as being part of that subculture. It feels like, yeah, a little bit. you know, maybe a little bit, um, but you're basically bonding. Mm-hmm. For this next little stretch, and you're learning a lot about Mitzi's backstory. Yes, you know, you go and you get the uh, the things that you need to split a bottle of wine. You know, we talk about this person that she's looking for. Again, she's very sparing on the details, but you know, like just now that we know she's dying, uh, this is mm-hmm. as close as it gets to like a dying wish for her. Yeah. And we can even yeah. talk about the cancer. Like Susan knows, you know, she's seen cancer before, and Mitzi, you know kind of conceptualizes the cancer as a, as a, as a woman, you know, I call her glioblastoma. Yeah. yeah. She basically says all the cancers have lady names. Yes. Um, and you talk about her boyfriend, uh, basically her boyfriend took the news of her dying very seriously. Mm-hmm. He's a really good boyfriend, but took that news really hard. And, uh, he ended up killing himself because he found this online forum about suicide and like took the black pill. Yes. Like this is weirdly prescient. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's this like organization or this character on this forum uh, called uh, the Eye of Adam. Yes. Who is this death advocate who talks people into killing themselves and then gives them a method to do it. Yes. Um, and specifically a method that will only take them out. You know, he yes. does not want to be a murderer. He only wants people to die after they have reached the depths of despair. So yeah. basically like a full on antinatalist. Yes. Even though that is also like when we actually meet him, like he's Mm -hmm. not as he doesn't care about murdering quite as much. Like he, you know, he ends up like actually doing some. So he's not necessarily super coherent. No, no. uh, Either. Yeah. It's almost like he's an amoral monster. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So the original plan was for Mitzi and Jack to kill each other together. Mm -hmm. Uh, She overslept and she ran out to go stop him. Um, And you, you play this part. Yes. Um, but he'd already done the car is filled with gas and he's warning signs of the window. So there's poisonous and flammable, flammable gas do not open. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you know, and basically I of Adam is a big proponent of making hydrogen sulfide gas, Yeah, you know, uh, as a way to suffocate people. And that's, uh, you know, that, 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 that's what we see here, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, weirdly enough, the eye of Adam told Mitzi where to find him, you know, gave, gave her the address basically as a way to, uh, as a way to toy with her. She's like, Oh, you know, he's a, he's a troll. He's just this extreme psychological bully. And yeah. he basically rules this kingdom by torturing people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you ask about this chemical 
and she doesn't want to share it with you because it's like you've already tried to kill yourself. Yes. Um, you you prop, uh, to get through it, you promise not to kill yourself. Mm-hmm. And then we montage back to the basement. Right. You know, so uh, you can walk over. You have come back, you know, fully. You've got your eyes and your face, and you can go over into the other room in the basement. And the man is sleeping in his gun in his gun room, um, and you know he doesn't hear you. Uh, there's a bucket here in a broken window, and we just learned about this gas. So obviously, we are going to be uh, we're going to be dealing with this. Yep. <laughs> How did you take the reveal that this was the Maniac Mansion? Mansion, Gary. What the, what this made me think was that. <laughs> I was worried that all the other chapters were references to things I wasn't getting. Oh, yeah. I was like, maybe this is every one of these chapters is a different adventure game. No. <laughs> and I just didn't recognize it. Because it's, it's the Maniac Mansion mansion. Yeah, like the like entry hall is the same. Yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't go upstairs, but other than that, it's one to one basically. Yeah, um, I was yeah, overjoyed at this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 great. Like yeah. it, it made me laugh, and it's it's basically, you know, when when his wife came in and has like real nurse Edna vibes. Yes, like she's dressed up as a nurse. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so she she's nurse Edna. It's really weird. It's mm-hmm. cool. Yep. It's just like a weird little nod. Uh huh. Like I'm really glad that not everything is a reference to something else. Same. Which is what I was scared of. I was like, oh, what did I not like? Because the, the spider heart thing in the hospital also felt out of place to me. It feels like, very it silent, just, hilly. You know? It does, you know, and it's called spider heart, even though there's nothing spider like about it. It's just a mm-hmm. big floating red glob. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Is, and then you go into the crow room and I was like, what is this? Yeah. yeah. You know, and I was certain that was going to be I'm like, oh, this is like referencing like silent hill downpour or something that i haven't played <laughs> like this is you know where you, you go to the spider heart in the hospital or something like that no I and just, i'm really glad it's not yeah i mean it's more just straight up like lynchian and that it is trying to evoke a feeling more than anything yeah. than, than any kind of like reality and and i don't i don't feel like the that that part of that was particularly successful mm-hmm. i think this is more not just because it's something that i like the reference of but because it's more subtle and also like it doesn't necessarily like affect an awful lot of stuff you know in the story it is just a big decrepit house that yeah. uh, you know it has rooms that you need to search for adventure game stuff like nothing like the only the only thing that like really comes through is like screaming that this is a maniac mansion is you can inspect the grandfather clock and susan says oh what am i thinking and, you know, that's useless <laughs> will there be a hidden passage there yeah. but like it just it it doesn't affect anything it's just a big house it's an easter egg yeah uh one that i was here for again because i am a mark for it you know when yeah. i when i streamed this like you can you can hear my reaction as it dawned on me what this was i i am i'm not saying this is a weird brag uh-huh. i picked it up essentially instantly yeah <laughs> and oh. i just think it's like that that layout is just burned into my oh no soul. like it, it happened for me like as soon as i like as soon as i saw it i was like wait a minute yeah. whoa when yeah, i say yeah. dawned on me it was like when i saw the when i saw the stairs and the, and the lamps and the uh and, and the grandfather clock i was like wait a minute come on yeah it, <laughs> it's, 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 me. It's, it's ridic yeah yeah good uh, stuff yeah so yep. uh we, we got a two-for-one parasite special we got to take him out yeah <laughs> Uh, and to do so, we do uh, adventure game stuff. Yeah, like we go get uh, some bleach from the uh, for, from from the mud room back there behind the kitchen, um, beyond the the dining room table that has all the rotten food on it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, when we do this, we cut to a flashback, uh, cause we only have one of the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Like we cut away before the rest of the thing was, or before the rest of the recipe was given to us. Um, cats are yowling and the flashback, this fog is rolled in. Um, Mitzi is afraid of fog. Yes. So she won't go out. So you go outside on your own and that's when you get kidnapped. Right. 
No. Um, you can go back out uh, through the back of the area behind the kitchen uh, mm-hmm. where there are all these bathtubs. Yeah, it's where the pool would be. Where the pool would be. And this is great. Like, mm-hmm. I love how creepy this is. Like, there's a body in one <laughs> where you need to get a key out of its mouth with a cat grabber. Mm-hmm. But there's also just, like, a lawnmower in one. Yep. Which is such a good detail of just, like, creepy backwards decrepitness. Yep. <laughs> you know? It's really good. Yeah. I like it quite a bit. And it's used for a good scare later on yeah. as well. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. Um and out in the shack, out behind the house, we see the we see the woman, we see Nurse Edna. I think Gladys is her name or yes. something. She's she's the only one of them that's named. Um, you know, she's butchering something and she is you know, she she is completely absorbed in the task. Um we need to distract her because, you know, ultimately we learn that you know the ingredient that we need is uh, a pesticide, right? Yeah. Um I have to do some puzzles because, like, the library is not uh, is is not lit up. We need to grab some cloth and grab light bulbs, um, mm-hmm. and you can call the police. Yeah, yeah, yep. but they're not helpful. Basically, because they, you know, you 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 give them your name and they they run they run you and they figure out okay, she just got out of a mental hospital. Like, do you want us to readmit you? They will not yeah. believe that you are in actual trouble. Basically, you know, you're making this up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So mm-hmm. you go, you take the key, you go out into the uh, the back year or mm-hmm. the backyard rather, or front yard rather, and get into the the car. You get a gas mask right. from the car. There's a cell phone as well that you need to get, uh, which you use by smashing uh, the window with a brick that you find. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the the idea is you distract the nurse Edna by calling the phone. Um, you've seen the number on the phone. Yes. Uh, she can call it and she can catch you. She can also just catch you normally. Mm-hmm. Um, real weird. Uh, <laughs> there's an achievement you can get for never getting caught. It's not part of the golden ending. No, no. But it's kind of random when she comes in. Like she doesn't just come in when she's called. Mm-hmm. Um, no, she's, so, she's a little bit on the prowl, kind of like yeah. Nurse Edna. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, spooky. Yeah. And she's not perturbed by the fact that she keeps on killing you with a cleaver and you keep coming back. Yeah. She's not connected no. to reality. No. No, she's a and she's a weird monster. She has spooky monster voice. Mm-hmm. Oh. But yeah, uh, you distract her and you can get in and get the uh, get the pesticide after you have called mm-hmm. you've called Mitzi and uh, yep. learn the rest of the uh, learn the rest of the recipe for this. Um, so you put on the gas mask and you kill the pest control man by mixing together those um, ingredients in the in the bucket in his room. And after he dies, you can take a shotgun and now you are wearing a gas mask. You have a shotgun, uh, hard rock music is playing and you are the cat lady on the prowl. Yeah. It is now the crow again. <laughs> um, so you go to go kill the wife and, uh, she's not in the shed. She, uh, pops out of a bathtub Yes, and you shoot her there. Um, yeah. And these are two, two more parasites down. Mm-hmm. So this takes us to, uh, chapter five. Yeah, when we when we return back to the apartment, chapter five, some flowers never bend toward the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, reference to a Jeff Buckley song that is pretty much immediately called out. Um, mm-hmm. Good song too. The um, you know we this is mostly just you getting to know Susan and Mitzi and them getting to know each other. Yes, um, she's making you pancakes. Uh, we talk about the internet. You know, you show her the cats. Mm-hmm. And again, um, it's done in montage. Like it's a bunch of different scenes. This is implied to take place over the course of several days. You yeah. Know, initially, after you know, you take the bath, and she makes you the pancakes, and mm-hmm. you ask for one of each kind. Yep. <laughs> uh, and you get to see some digitized tit. Uh, yeah, like it does something that I like, where it makes takes nudity and makes it, um, you know, 
unremarkable and unsexy. It's pretty unsexy. Yeah, yeah. So just uh, letting you know, Mr. Skin. This is not <laughs> it, it pops up at hour three and a half of the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All you Mr. Skinny acts out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh uh, um, so gross. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Skin. Skin. Are you fucking Call, Calling Dr. Skin good. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> disgusting. Uh, uh, so, uh, um, a little bit later, you know, they're 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 getting down to business, and Susan shows Mitzi a map that she's made of the apartment building. It's less a map and more just like a grid of the different apartments. Yeah, um, and they're kind of going through who lives in each room. We're going to hit all of these later on, so it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense to outline who everybody is. But yeah, yeah, um. However, uh, you talk about a baby stroller because yeah. one of the people does have a uh, a baby, um, and Mitzi says, "Well, there's a baby stroller in the spare room." Mm-hmm. Um, she asks if Susan has kids. Uh, she says it's a sore subject. Yeah, they just uh, <laughs> it basically get, makes Susan almost entirely. No, not almost. It makes Susan cut it off. Like she storms yeah. away from the conversation because Mitzi keeps prying. Yeah, um, and Susan is running away when she hears a knock at the door. Yeah, and this is the uh, the the least developed parasite. Uh, the carpenter. Yes. Um, a man has just shown up with flowers and a hammer. Uh, mm-hmm. He kills you and stares down Mitzi. Um, and you wake up in a storage room. Um, there's a crow here and it uh, flies away. Mm-hmm. And we are in like a, a little bit of a surreal yeah. zone. We're in like a, an otherworld nightmare version of your um, of your apartment. Yeah. Because like you walk left through the living room and there's a wall of skulls. And when you turn to walk back, oh, there's a wall of skulls that's come in behind you. Then you go back and forth a couple of times as the as the walls close in, forcing mm-hmm. you to examine a mirror um, and reveal your mace. Yep. Which you use uh, to, you know, to break down the, the skull walls. Yep. Um, when you break through the skull wall, um, you go through to the spare bedroom where you find the Queen of Maggots cabin again, mm-hmm. blow out a candle, uh, which shows us a car and profile that flips. Mm-hmm. This is really understated. Like, I like that one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the uh, the storage rooms has this, like, weird spider arm Susan monster mm-hmm. uh, writhing on a uh, in, in a mirror. Yes. Um, when you walk by it, uh, its reflection is slumping over in this hospital gown behind it. So it, it doesn't reflect into your world, mm-hmm. but your reflection is in the mirror. Yes. Um, as a, so this is this weird kind of ship section mm-hmm. uh, here. Yeah. Where you are, you know, kind of on this platform out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Um, and you need a uh, you need a combination key because there's one room that is locked with a with a with a combo. Um, and as you walk across this dock, you get this junk in the foreground that from certain angles forms uh, forms a number. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. Um, inside, uh, use this lever uh, from your mace. Um, or the mace and a lever mm-hmm. to push your mirror image into this like death machine. Yes. Like it's kind of a tedious puzzle. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's like, it's basically just like, Oh, I've got two things and she will move backwards unless I keep on just like squeezing her through the room. Like a, uh, you know, like a, a, toothpaste. a toothpaste tube. Yeah. Yeah. But, so basically you hit these levers and they make a, uh, a, a cylinder go down like yeah. a gyromite. Cylinder, and yeah. you have to just kind of corner her until she gets into a uh, a saw like yeah you know, the, Lucas blood machine right. She gets put yeah pushed into a Lucas blood machine. The blood powers the uh, it powers the um, oh gosh elevator 
that yep. will that will lead you out of here. But the problem is the elevator has a minimum two occupants. I like yep. that quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so funny joke. So you have to go into the monster room and uh, stab with the knife to make your reflection stab the monster. Mm-hmm. Um, you can only stab it from the front. Yes. Which is obnoxious. Didn't I thought like this that. was the puzzle and it didn't mm-hmm. work. And I was like, well, fuck. So I yeah. stopped looking around for, kept looking around for other stuff. Like, but you have to go from the front. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but this frees the mirror image to, you know, come out and follow you. And that lets you ride the elevator down beneath the sea until the compartment is crushed by the pressure. And you mm-hmm. wake up in a bathtub um, bound up with Mitzi. You've been duct taped together in the tub. Mm-hmm. And she thought you were dead because you were. Um, you can tell her at this point that you can't die, but I didn't. Right. So I don't I know what either. happens if you do. Yeah. Um, I didn't either, so I don't know what happens. Maybe she will believe anything. So Yeah. 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 Um, so we get a flashback here. Susan says this might be what's going on. Right. Um, there's somebody, uh, you know, she tells a story basically about her past. Right. Um, of having a stalker. Right. So 10 years ago, you know, she was mm-hmm. in a um, young marriage that was not. Uh, happy was miserable in fact mm-hmm. but there was the stalker who kept sending her flowers basically every friday and calling her mm-hmm. yeah yeah um they they had, had one date right and um, susan didn't tell him off even after she got married he kept on doing this yep um so we go to the day where she gets this big bouquet of flowers um the background is filled with text and kind of like in, like uh you know just like is is a uh, like Pages from a book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, that that are, re- re- responds to the things that are happening in the, in the story. I like this quite a bit. Yeah. This looks cool. Yeah. I think this is a, is a good use of the aesthetic in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the phone's ringing and it's the stalker. You yeah. Know, so uh, young Susan picks it up and answers it. Um, and you cannot choose to like completely tell him off. You cannot choose to get rid of the flowers because yes. you like them. This is before you hated them. Yep. Yeah. And you, you do get to choose in kind of a, a choose your own past way mm-hmm. where you get to uh, decide whether you're into this or not. Right. Like you can't choose to completely tell them off, but you can kind of, you know, choose how flattered you are by it. Yeah. You know, um, you uh, you can't hide the flowers. You end up putting them in the baby's room and you, you're going to say a friend brought them for the baby. I immediately knew it was going to happen because, mm-hmm. um, you know, baby. Yeah, uh, yeah. And your husband gets home. Well, angry. Specifically a baby who's not here. A baby who was yeah. not a 10 year old in present yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. A non-extent baby. Right. Um, so your husband, Eric gets home. He's really angry because a terrorist attack happened at a restaurant, shut down the city and damaged his cab. Yeah. Um, he's taking it on you. This is like interesting. Mm-hmm. This fight. Um, so reading about it online, like this is a bunch of people were real, real into this, like loved how real it felt. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know that I love the writing here. Mm-hmm. He's like he's really shitty, it's which is cartoonishly shitty, cartoonishly shitty. There's a couple like weird lines where I, I don't really get it. Mm-hmm. Like um, like there's a part where you're like, I have to go check on like for, he's berating you for caring for the baby, which yes. didn't feel real to me. He's, he's so he's like jealous that you are spending all of your attention on the baby and not on him. Like not cleaning the house and <laughs> cleaning dinner. Right. Right. And stuff. And there's a part where, like, you're like, I'm going to go check on the baby real quick. And he's like, the baby's fine and convinces you not to, mm-hmm. which, like, spoiler, that's why the baby dies. Yes. And I was like, who's going to, like, you just poke your head in and look at a baby. Yeah. Like, who's going to make an argument against that? 
You know, it just felt this felt like this didn't work for me very well. Yeah. And it's weird because like most of when the game is trafficking and this kind of stuff, it usually does. Mm-hmm. I just don't think this is that well written. So I, I think that it, it steps on a couple of rakes just in terms of like it hits a few cliches like, and why isn't there dinner ready when I come home, mm-hmm. et cetera, you know, and I think the performance is not necessarily that great either. Yeah. Eric's not great. Yeah. And I just say it just it, it it's weirdly cartoon ish um there's also a thing where um you have a lot of options to respond to them and some of which are like escalating and some of which are de-escalating right but you just have to pick all the options eventually yeah so you can escalate things and then have no choice but to respond really softly to something Mm -hmm. and he will kind of respond yeah just kind of you know on the tracks that he's on right so there'll be times where i would say something very calm and he would blow up or he would say something very calm and i would blow up which is a thing that happens in fights Mm mm-hmm but did not like there was like an A B disagreement. It yeah. was like failing like Monkey Island insult sword <laughs> fighting or whatever. Yeah, um, the, 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 that that sticks out. Like additionally, like it feels like a missed opportunity because I don't know. That's a thing that happens. A marriage yeah. changes after after a baby, you know, mm-hmm. and if you know somebody is especially jealous of their partner's attention and all of a sudden you know things have changed and they are no longer the center like the center of their partner's world like that is a real source of emotional conflict and if he was you know physically stopping her from walking away like there's a way to take these component parts and still tell the same story but in a more effective and resonant way yeah yeah it just it doesn't it doesn't line up it makes me feel like um, all the other kind of emotional baggage stuff this guy had more experience with. Mm-hmm. And this is something he had seen in movies. Yeah, it feels very movie-esque. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're, you know, they're fighting, as we mentioned. He's a real shithead. She stops. You know, she's like, it's, it's storming. He's like, no, it's, it's, it's or like, I need to make sure I close the window. He's like, no, it's warm. You don't have to close the window. Go check, don't check on the baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, convinces him not to. Um, a storm, however, has rolled in and pollen from the flowers blew onto Zoe and killed her because she had yes. an allergy they did not know about. Right. Which is tragic, like accidentally killing your baby. Awful. No good. Awful. Now that would yeah. that would absolutely stick with you. It would haunt you. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then to add uh insult to injury, Eric disappeared a couple weeks later after drinking himself to death in the woods. Right. So you know, pretty dark. Yeah. But and... a little bit of like just a little like the way this is performed, I wish this was just done a little bit better because it's it's just kind of a pile up. Yeah. Here. Like I, I don't think this was intended. Mm-hmm. When she said that he disappeared two weeks later and drank himself to death in the woods, I laughed. And I know that's not the reaction they want. Right. I was just like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. Are you trying to make a joker? This is how we get joker. Like <laughs> like this, this is this is a little bit too much in short succession. Like <laughs> Yeah. So it's 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 a lot, and you yeah. know Susan has been saying this as you're you know taped together in the in in the tub. You know we cut back to the present day. You know the killer comes into the bathroom. He's still not speaking or responding. Yeah, he just kind of makes animal noises yes. as well, which is so. I think that because of the so looking at this online too, mm-hmm. the other thing about this is that the the proximity of this to the story of the stalker makes it seem like it's the stalker. Yeah, the developer won't say that it's the stalker. He won't say it's um, not the stalker either. Yeah, he basically said like you know he talked about like they didn't have a lot of time to develop this and thought it'd be cooler to leave it mysterious. Mm-hmm. To me, it ends up making one of the weaker chapters in the game. Yeah, like the ship stuff. I don't love. I don't love the dialogue of the fight. Like mm-hmm. I, the, the tragedy of the baby is great, mm-hmm. you know, but then the ending of this as well, 
I don't like. What are you? What are you? How do you feel about this? Uh, no, I don't feel. Don't like, feel great about it. Um, it's real. It's really dumb. Like chapter five of this game is not good. Yeah. Um, four and six are amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, but this this is just yeah. so. Like what happens? You know, he's yelling. Um, you know, screaming at you. Yeah. Uh, what he has done, he has taken Mitzi and has basically set her up to hang. Um, you know, stood her up on a chair and has her head through a noose and he is pointing at your piano. He wants you to play the piano while Mitzi hangs. Yeah. And of course, because of the, because of the way that this works, you play the piano and the cats, they swarm in and they overtake the killer and kill him and eat him. Yep. Instantly. Instantly. Teacup jumps on his face and he just falls over like nothing. Right. The chair falls out from under Mitzi and you finish things up by, you know, getting, getting under her, you move a chair in so she can stand up and then you cut, you cut Mitzi down Mm -hmm. and you tell her not to look at the cats who are eating the killer. How many cats do you think you could take on, Cole? I mean, like, how angry are they? Pretty angry. Ah, man, I don't know. But to like... not get eaten alive. That's the stakes. <laughs> so if you don't fight back, you get eaten alive. How many cats? Three? I, I, I mean, this this supposes a world where a cat wants something and I don't immediately give it. Yeah. Give it Who to wants the cat. It wants to eat your face. Yeah. Well, I mean, if Greta wanted my it. face, eh, I'd probably think about it for a second. Yeah, I like to think that when I die, it'll be nice that whatever cat I have will get like a, a nice little meal of like, mm. you know, chewing through the, my face the, or the, whatever. The, the, the forbidden meal. Yeah, the yeah. secret, the, the foie gras, <laughs> the oriental love for cats. Yeah. Like, their master's eyes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, I, th- I think that um, the for like the ferocity and noise of a cat is a force multiplier. It is hard sure. to separate how imposing they are aesthetically. Uh, from mm-hmm. like the actual damage that they could physically do. Sometimes they run at you sideways, look real big. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I get that part too. Like maybe these cats were poof-tailed, you know, and yeah. intimidated the uh, the the moaning serial killer who yeah. took out two grown women. Yeah, maybe that happened. This is so dumb. It's pretty like, dumb. I'm not, I'm not going to harp on it like for the rest of the game because it's no, over pretty it's, quickly. It, but... It's it's weak and it's an non sequitur. Like I understand that this is a chapter that is supposed to explain the trauma that led Susan to be kind of where she's at. Like that mm-hmm. as a, as a story beat that is necessary to happen. And there's like, there's an ingredient here, which is like, okay, your character is immortal. What are mm-hmm. the stakes? What are the stakes for when these parasites get at you? You know, we've seen, you know, you die over and over again to these people. The way to add stakes is to put somebody that the immortal cares about in danger. Right. But that's done better in chapter seven. Yeah. 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 Like, the, the, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's not super strong. Yeah. Luckily, it goes on chapter six, which is much stronger. Yeah. Um, it's a long chapter. It's, it's like it's a good. third of the game. Yeah, it's, it's the body of the game, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, chapter six, The Legend of the Cat Widow, which is where uh, you go and search for the Eye of Adam in earnest. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yep. You're you're finally going to help out Mitzi. We found out specifics about her disease. We found she had six months to live yes. at some point. So we don't know how much time has passed when we were just kind of friending around. Mm -hmm. But uh, time might be short or relatively short. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But at some time in the near future, uh, apparently the cops didn't make too big of a deal about the at a body. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah, there's no cops in this world. No, no cops. Which which doesn't actually bother me. I, yeah, it more it's... bothers me that he could not fight off the cats, but could right. fight off two grown women. Right. Um, the, uh, so you're, you're going to look. You get Mitzi in your inventory at this point. You have her little face, mm -hmm. uh, which allows her to pick locks or uh, ask her for advice. Uh, the yeah. advice is uniformly bad. Yep. <laughs> it does not help. It's not a hint system. Right. So do not yeah. do this. Yeah. Uh, it's mostly to pick locks. Mm -hmm. But you've got this whole apartment complex um, open to you, and you've got to go. You know, Susan vaguely knows who lives in each of these places, mostly because they give her shit about the cats. Mm -hmm. um, but you've got to go and confirm for yourself. Um, you know, it's an eight-unit building. Uh, one of them is empty. Um, one of them is occupied by you. So you have six different apartments, you know, six different people. Um, and man, I love getting into some apartments and seeing how they live. The uh, the serial killer per per apartment building ratio in this place is pretty high. It's really high. Like, <laughs> like, given that the cat lady herself is, uh, is not yeah. a serial killer, but is a supernatural being. <laughs> but we're at full uh, three of the seven occupied apartments. <laughs> Uh, in this place are, are full of Thomas Harris, uh, yeah. Hannibal villains. Yeah. And this, uh, and, and this, uh, this apartment building takes on a significance later on in the series too. It's very funny. Yeah. Like, uh, going through here. Cause you know, every time I went to like these spooky apartments, I kept expecting, you know, it takes a while before you get one that nothing's really bad. Yeah. And, you know, um, so you're basically, uh, you have quite a few things to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a, there's a pretty specific order of operations. This is where a little bit of the moving around got to me. Yeah, you watch a yeah. little cutscene every time you go up and stair, up and down stairs. Yeah, I didn't care for and that. things. Yeah, I just I just wish it was a little quicker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, across the hall, um, it's apartment three where Joe and Ivy live. Um, mm -hmm. this is significant if you had played Downfall before this. Uh, Joe and yes. Ivy are the uh, the main characters of that game. Yep, and we do are going to spend some time with them here. Yes, uh, but you you know try and have you know you haven't seen them for a while, and you listen at the door. Nobody's there. You figure it's safe. You try and have Mitzi crack the crack the lock, but she can't. It's like a special, super advanced lock. Joe and I yep. do not want anybody in there. Yep. Um, you head down to the ground floor, um, and there's somebody who who lives below you uh, that Susan calls the dog lady. Mm -hmm. Um, cause she has a dog and she complains about cats. Um, she's complaining specifically about the cats that are congregated on a couch, uh, that her neighbor left behind across the hall from her. Yeah. Um, um she is sweeping, um, on kind of the ground level in the lobby. You need to get her, um, out of there in order to, you know, investigate stuff. Every time you try and touch something, she warns you off of it. Yeah. And you have to steal her broom. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you've got to go and take a look because the people who live across from her, they left a couch in the, uh, in the hallway and the cats are all over it. Uh, turns out they did a prank though. You can cut open this, uh, couch with a shard of broken glass and there's just a little bottle of valerian root extract. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, the Morrisons left it there to create an attractive nuisance for the cats just to drive the dog lady crazy because they fucking hated her dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did not know that cats were attracted to valerian root extract. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and when you look at the couch earlier, it says like, oh, it's been hastily sewn up and something's inside it. And I was like, oh, well, like <laughs> it's a body, certainly yeah. a body in here, like, <laughs> definitely a body in the couch. And that's why the cats want to get in there. Yeah. You know, they're supernatural cats at this point. Maybe they want to eat it. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, they just the, there, flesh. There, there's a face you know? in there, you know, yeah. like they... <laughs> there's a delicious face in there. It's got a creamy center. got to yeah. get it. Today is the day that the Onion posted the article that I most relate to about the (laughs) the Temptations treats for cats. They talk about the Creamy Center too much for it not to be marketed to humans. I um I ate a a pet snack. Oh yeah, recently. Yeah, Uh, my girlfriend has rats. Okay, Uh, they're incredible. Mm -hmm. I love them. They're adorable. Oh, they're great. My my Um, niece has rats. Yeah, yeah. They're that's what a great pet. They're Mm -hmm. so cute. Um, but her, her parents for Christmas got her some treats for them and they were freeze dried bananas and pineapples. But that's just human like, food. That's what, that's what I, I was thinking. I eat, eat like, freeze dried pineapple all the time, man. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this is, this is for me yeah. actually. And then, uh, we were feeding the rats and I'm like, I'm gonna try one of these. Uh-huh. And I tried one and it is, was not like a human grade banana. Yeah. I'll just say that. Like, it was, it was like circus grade banana. Yeah. Circus grade banana, circus grade pineapple. Mm-hmm. Just fit for rats, not fit for Gary. Yeah. Um, is is basically the come away from it. So I was like, oh, <laughs> I shouldn't eat pet food. No. You know, it wasn't like I slurped down one of Pockets like meat yogurts. Right, right. You know, it could have been worse, but I was like, even if this seems very benign, it's still made for pets. Right, right. It's, it's where you learn that, like, there are 17 grades of meat, but only the top two are, are yes. ever encountered in f- human food. Yes, and I yeah. knew that. Yeah. I mean, 39 years is a long time to learn not to eat pet food right right i mean i was i was gonna say something but i want i didn't want you to feel bad well you also said as soon as i said freeze-dried pineapple you're like i eat that stuff i, I feel well, like i, I eat like freeze-dried no pineapple all the time yeah yeah like you feel like no court would convict me if i was gonna try no, no. a pet food I, this is the pet food to try well absolutely because it most resembles human food it's not like yeah. you know chicken grist all you know yeah i'm, I'm not developing crispified. a can like a taste for government cat food no. the way i'm gonna have to eat it when i can't retire R- right you know, I mean, I should probably get a running start at that, but, <laughs> you know, no plans for the future. At some point, I will be hunting down rats for meat and right, or right. Well, you know, you eating know. government cat food. Yeah. I, well, I intend to become a warlord in the water, the water conflicts, but that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now, remember me. Mm. Um, anywho, <laughs> the cats want to eat the faces, but really it's Valerian root extract, which I only know because it's what puts you to sleep in Fight Club. Yep. Um, and flat one is empty. You can pick the lock there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you pick up a, a spanner uh, inside, a.k.a. a wrench yep. inside. And you can see up into Joe and Ivy's apartment. They've dug a hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a cat statue on the lip of this thing, but you can't get to it. Right. Uh, you go to apartment five. Um, and that's a very, where a very old man lives. Uh, mm-hmm. This is played for comedy. Mitzi is talking to him. Uh, he is deaf and suffering from dementia. Mm-hmm. And the conversation goes on forever, and he is constantly going in circles um, and leaving to go fix his uh, hearing aid, coming back, saying what she yells at him and sa- he says, oh, you don't have to yell at me. But like yeah. this is just a complete brick wall. Like, okay, yep. this guy obviously isn't the eye of Adam. Yep. Um, you the, the other kind of meta puzzle you're doing is also fucking up Brian. Yep. <laughs> Brian's got to go. Brian's going to get he's not a parasite, <laughs> yeah. but he's definitely going to get some comic revenge. Yep. Some like comically outsized revenge. Yeah. So starting off with something pretty simple, which is like disassembling his bike. Yeah. You know, that, that's fine. Yeah. No, you just you, know? you, you, you take the uh, the pedals off. They call they call it the crank, but you, you take the pedals off of his bike so he can't get to work. Yep. Cool. Yep. You're going to do a lot more. Yeah. 
um, up on the top floor, um, <clears throat> there's a baby in uh, apartment eight. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to knock because you don't have a reason to. And also babies make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. We got a gamer in flat seven, which I was certain was the eye of Adam mm-hmm. uh, as a gamer. Yeah. Um, and you have to turn off his power. That he comes back out and then like fixes it and goes back. I was just thinking, man, this guy's got to reboot his computer every time that happens. Yeah, I know. Right. Probably fucking this guy over. <laughs> He's like, oh, I've got something to finish. Like, I don't know. You're going to have to sit through like two minutes of like splash screens and logos to yeah. get back in there. So you can, can, can you talk to me? Jesse's good, though. He's like yeah. actually fine he's, he's fine yeah like good is maybe an over overstatement well, he's, he's like super supportive of uh of, of the uh the single mom you know like oh, oh like yeah. hey yeah you know like i'll uh, when you break their power supply he says oh i'll go i'll go buy the parts that we need to fix i guess this. that's true yeah, yeah just just get some candles out well, and we'll be it's good for by him night. as well though well, yeah, like, it's but, <laughs> but like there, there's a much shittier posture he could take and he is explicitly trying to comfort the overworked mom I think Jesse's good. I, he's he's bright, a little bit legs. he's a little bit self centered, but he's good. Yeah. <laughs> Don't come out swinging for gamers, man. The, the, the trial of Jesse. Yeah, the, the, the coward Jesse. The assassination of Jesse. Um, Jesse last name. Yeah. Um, so the uh, going into flat to get into flat two, the dog lady's flat. Mm-hmm. Um, you put the valerian soaked rag on the radiator, mm-hmm. which makes her dog bark a lot. Uh, at the cats that show up. So you go complain to her. Um, she goes and lets the dog out. The dog runs away. Mm-hmm. Uh, she chases it, which means you can take her broom. Mitzi goes and looks at her room and just says, it's not the dog lady. She doesn't have a computer. Right, right. Um, so you can have Mitzi break into the mailboxes to look at some mail. Uh, yep. And you can also push away this cabinet that is uh, that is in front of the uh, the basement door. Yeah, the spooky basement. Yes, the spooky like basement that like nobody knows is here, except for the people yep. who lived here forever. Yep. Um, you go down there and you get an idea for how to, uh, torture Brian more mm-hmm. because there is a local legend, kind of a mm-hmm. bloody Mary type figure. Yeah. Uh, we need to torment Brian by making him think that he has invoked the, uh, the ire of the cat widow. Yes. <laughs> uh, which involves like making a costume. I really like that. They blend you doing these steps with you doing the, the thing with the, the, the story. oceans 11. It, yeah. Yeah, and that's really great. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't want to just go through it. And I thought it was going to be a puzzle where I had to remember the order of operations. Mm-hmm. Like when you – like this this happens in a minute, but we can just kind of talk about it <laughs> yeah. now. Um, where you uh, you tell the story of the sequence of events of things you do to Brian. Mm-hmm. So you have to do some puzzle game shit. Like you find this wedding dress. You darken it with coal. You cut it with scissors. Hello. Pour red paint on it. You know, et cetera. Yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> uh, darken it. Darken it with coal. Uh, from the coal shoot. <laughs> um, and you, uh, you you do so and you start telling the story of doing this, but you get these dialogue choices of what you'll say. Like, <laughs> And then he he left his apartment to see and you could say things that were like, you know, the word cat killer written in red mm-hmm. or a statue of a cat or a big shadow. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to recreate these. Yeah. Like is the puzzle that I make things I could actually do. Mm-hmm. But no, it just does them. Yeah, it just does them. And, like, you can yeah. pick the comedy options about things that you, like, couldn't do. But it is just Susan messing with Mitzi. Yeah. Like, just, you know, t- telling an outlandish story, um, yeah. you know, that it'll show the sight gag. Like, you say, oh, and he went into his uh, he went into his bedroom and on the and he saw and you can say, like, a gigantic zombie cat. And then yeah. it actually shows the gi- the gigantic zombie cat. And then yeah. Mitzi's like, no, no, like, no, what he, what he saw was what we needed the red paint for, which is, you know, 
just painting, you know, cat killer cat all, all yeah. over the, uh, or cat widow is here. Cat widow is watching, um, yeah. all over his bedroom wall. Yep. So I think that's really good. Yeah. I think it's, it's good. I like how they handled this. Mm-hmm. Um, the mail tells us that Pauline and flat eight is waiting to interview a nanny. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go up there and have Mitzi pretend to be the babysitter or pretend to be the nanny. Um, Susan as her aunt. Yeah. And, uh, this is, this is fun. This is a good little <laughs> lived in remnant of this relationship. Yeah. Where it's like, you need to get her out of here. How do I do that? I don't know. You know, just like this, this felt very like kids, kid adventure, like yeah. boy detective. And like, and, and, you know, both of them are uncomfortable, Susan, because of her history and Mitzi, because know, she just doesn't like kids. Yeah. <laughs> but like Mitzi, you know, is like, you're taking turns distracting this, again, this, this poor, this poor woman, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you're taking, like, you're going back and forth, forth between like commiserating about the lack of like paid leave for parents, but then also like saying, oh, I wouldn't want to touch your kid because my hands are dirty. Oh, you're fine. And like, you're trying to come up with like an excuse for like the disgusting things that you touched on the way there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like the, you know, I was volunteering at a hospital, yeah. you know, two towns over. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's very cute. Yeah. But you're going back and forth. You know, Mitzi is pretending that she's sick in order to uh, uh, take Pauline's attention away. Um, you grab some scissors from the, uh, from the bedroom. Um, and to give Mitzi the chance to look at the laptop, you cut the, cut the power line as Susan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is where Jesse goes and gets the fuse box. Uh, mm-hmm. Mitzi determines that's not her. Yeah. Um, if you go into Jesse's flat, you get a Halloween mask, which you're going to need for the uh, the cat lady mm-hmm. nightmare scenario. Um, his computer is a desktop. It won't work without power. Uh, so you have to run an extension cord from the first floor down into the uh, to his floor, his room. Yeah. Um, find out that he is not the eye of Adam either. Right. Um, in flat one, the empty one with the hole in the ceiling, we use the broom to knock over the cat statue, which has a key in it. Mm-hmm. So we can get into flat three, which is the uh, the ser- first serial killer flat. Yes. Where uh, Joe and Ivy um, putatively live. You know, Mitzi yes. walks in with you. It's creepy as hell. You yeah. Know, like they dug a hole in the floor <laughs> that you have to keep on walking over. Um, and you get into the, you get into the bedroom and the bathroom door has like six, six, six written across it. Yep. Yeah. Something that they do in this game, uh, they do this here and they did in the Maniac Mansion chapter Mm -hmm. is having a lot of doors opening and shutting and walking around sounds Mm -hmm. as part of the ambient background. Yeah. Whenever you're intruding somewhere. Yes. So like in the Maniac Mansion chapter, that was nobody. Mm -hmm. Like I knew where people were. They weren't walking around, but the implication that there were people walking around upstairs. Yeah. Like adds to the tension. Yes. Quite a bit. Yeah. This is the point, like, you know, this is a whole chapter about trespassing. This is where you most feel like you're out of bounds. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, you know, we see a laptop in here, and, but the power cable is missing. You know, Mitzi's going to go alone. And this starts like a running gag about, um, you know, like, okay, while I'm gone, think of, think of a vegetable. And when I come back, mm-hmm. you know, I'll try and guess what it is. You know, just, yeah. a, just a fun little thing. Like Mitzi can see that Susan is freaked out being in here because um, anybody would be freaked out being in yep. here. Uh, but when Mitzi leaves, Susan is pulled into the other world. Yeah. Mitzi is going to go grab a laptop cable Yeah, yeah. for the uh, for the laptop. And you are left alone, like, and you go to walk out. But nope, the, the knob pulls off. Like, you cannot leave the apartment in your, in your fear. But the knob uh, can open up the bathroom door. And there's an overflowing bathtub with a mannequin standing in it. Yep. All right. <laughs> yep. Super spooky. Um, you grab the uh, power cable from the bathroom and Joe comes home. Yeah. Um, so you have to uh, leave and he starts yelling at you. Yes. 
um, and you're getting flashes of these writhing female figures in the foreground as things mm-hmm. go on. And he unloads in you like, hey, you've ruined everything. And yeah. then he changes gears, politely asks who you are, and blames you for taking Ivy away. He is clearly um, unhinged. Yep. Um, so you start backing away. You can kind of say, hey, my friend knows where I'm at. They'll call the police. You know, we can talk about this, et cetera. Regardless of which, you fall uh, through the hole in the ground and break your neck and die. Right. And wake up in a dream world. Right. Uh, in a hallway full of doors. Um, and each of the doors has a word written over it. This is where the name of the trilogy comes from. You have to uh, write out the sentence, devil came through here by opening the doors. The doors open mm-hmm. on brick walls, but only after putting in the right combination does it actually reveal um, mm-hmm. the way out. Yep. Uh, and you emerge in this like very Blade Runner. Yes. Like looking hotel to me, mm-hmm. like uh, where, where Jeff Sebastian lives. Yeah. Um, this like cluttered room that like once was kind of opulent. Yeah. And um, where Joe is there, he's very uh, affable. Yeah. Um, uh, he he is not connected to the Joe who was uh, who was in the apartment with him, mm. or he doesn't remember, or he, he you know is not communicating. It's the same remembers. character. Yeah, but same, it's not, same character, but he's not like saying he's not continuing the conversation. Like, hey, why were you breaking into my apartment? He's kind of surprised that you're here because he's been trapped here for he doesn't know how long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he basically wants you to do him a favor. He says, Ivy's been in the other room putting on makeup, you know, and she's been putting on makeup for a week. Maybe it's in a month. I guess mm-hmm. she just really wants to look good. Yes. Like this is really creepy. Yeah. Uh, and good. Yeah. This dialogue here. Um, when you go in, we find her, um, she's dead and mummified and doing Jacob's ladder. Yes. Uh, you know, shutters. Yeah. Oh, and she's sitting in front of a huge array of mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we talk to her, she screams, uh, the word misery. Right. Um, in super distorted, spooky voice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is a hint. Yeah, it's a hint because you can go out. Uh, Joe's a big Stephen King fan. You can look on his uh, on his shelf of Stephen King books uh, and you find misery and you open it up mm-hmm. and a screwdriver's inside. Yep. Uh, which you then need for the paint eventually, but we're doing this out of order a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Uh, but the screwdriver lets you open up this panel that is hooked to Ivy. Um, yep. And there are two switches. I think this is really clever. Um, so it's two switches left and right. The, the room where Joe is, um, there are handprints up on the wall and they're numbered and mm-hmm. it is a right hand print or a left hand print. Like that is the, uh, the, the code, um, that you have to enter in, in order to, um, jolt Ivy. Yeah. Um, it's weird though, because the, uh, there's no way to reset the sequence. Oh, right. Yeah. So this is a common problem I had to do. So the, the, the code is, uh, right, right, left, right. Mm-hmm. I think. And I had to do uh right, right, left, right, right mm. for it to work. And this is a common, like if you look it up online, oh, which yeah. I had to do because I was like, Oh, like I just fussed around with this before I found the key. Right. I don't know where I'm at in a sequence. I don't have a reset button. Yeah. Um, but if you start from any time you do right, right, left, right, right, it mm-hmm. just works. Okay. So it is, it is clever. It just needs a little bit more like UI or something. Yeah. It needs a, it needs a reset button or something like that. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Um, but what this is doing is it's like slightly arranging the mirrors. And then when you ultimately put in the right combination, it, you know, the, the mummy can see its reflection and she completely loses herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and yep. Joe comes in because he hears the screams and like, Hey, this isn't my wife. You know, this is the monster that that's been following me around. And he's saying, Hey, you, you know, I know you have my power cord. You need to strangle her. And in order to make you do this, he pulls his gun out. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you're and giving you can an do option. It or, yeah. yeah. You can do it or not. 
regardless, you die. Um, and, um, you know, you get shot in the chest or in the head and then you wake up, you're back in the bedroom with Mitzi. Like she's only been gone a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, she looked at Joe's laptop. Joe's laptop does not have any evidence of the eye of Adam. If anyone is going to be the eye of Adam, you'd think it would be this guy. Yeah. Yeah. This is so <laughs> I don't want to spoil too much. Joe is dealt with. Yeah. 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 Um, so you can go and do the, the, the revenge on Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, doing so, uh, he faints so Mitzi can check him and find out he's not the Eye of Adam, which it's nobody. Right. You know? We checked he every single to, room. Yep, we checked out all the apartments. You decide to sleep on it. When you go back, there's a post-it note on your door. Mm-hmm. It says, meet me at midnight. Uh, both of you, I'll wait in flat five, right. which is the old guy's apartment. Right. Um, and you think, you know, you think back like, oh, that guy, he was, you know, like, he, he got especially incoherent when we asked if he's the only person here. You know, and he mm-hmm. started like accusing you of like trying to being from the government, trying to take him away. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like he was to- he was totally covering. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Um, and the chapter ends with a little cutaway that is kind of a callback to the old version of Downfall that doesn't quite line up with the version of Downfall we eventually get in the remake. Um, it goes back to the basement, and there's like a sign for an old hotel down here, Quiet Haven. Um, and it, you know, pans across behind that and we see Joe with a bloated and dead or nearly dead Ivy hooked up to an electric, um, an electric generator saying, I will make you better as he zaps mm-hmm. her and zaps her and zaps her. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we move on to the final chapter of the game. Chapter seven. Don't feed the troll. Yes. It's midnight and we've got yep. to go to the old man's apartment. Uh, we go there, we go past this uh, creepy fish tank. Uh, there's no fish inside it. Mm-hmm. You know, just an odd-looking water. and has these bottles hooked to it. Yeah. Um, the bedroom door has all these caution signs on it. Right. And we eat, meet the old man in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically says, you know, listen, like, I know my son does this. I have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. I tried to stop him before, um, but I can't stop him, and I just try to protect him, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I'm going to help you this time. Right, because you know, he's watching us. And, it's gone way too far. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what he does. Um, he's been watching us. He has cameras everywhere. Um, so he knows why you're here. He's going to kill you, but he won't kill me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gives you a gas mask. Right. Um, you know, and says, all right. Uh, and while this is happening, the chemical bottles empty into the fish tank. And you're given mm-hmm. a choice about who gets the gas mask. Mitzi, you know, says, hey, keep the mask for yourself. You know, she's going to die anyway. She's got this horrible brain cancer. Um, but you're immortal. The only sense, <laughs> the only thing that makes sense is to give the gas mask to Mitzi. Uh, yeah. you, you can keep it for yourself, um, mm-hmm. and watch as both of them suffocate horribly. Um, and that gets you an ending. Like it's not a good yep. ending. It's one of the worst ones. In fact, uh, where you briefly take a jaunt into the other world, um, and go over to Adam, you know, go, go back to Adam's apartment and you're given the option to kill him or to, you know, keep him stranded. Um, don't do that. You, you're mm-hmm. not going to get the, you know, catharsis moment, but yeah. it's there. It's an option. Yep. Uh, instead you, uh, you give it to Mitzi, you wake up in a barley field, walk past your apartment and reach the queen of maggots cabin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the queen tells you there's two candles left. Uh, one will bring you back to life and the other one will kill me. Mm-hmm. The cosmology here is all over yeah. the place. Um, like these candles represented other people's souls, mm-hmm. you know? So I would think that like blowing one out allows your candle to relight. Mm-hmm. Right. So why is my candle lit now? Like when I'm dead, 
like again none of the stuff with like the stuff with this the cosmology part of the queen just feels not not harmonious to me yeah you know at this point yeah. and like the idea being is like you don't play along with her like this is the part where you can refuse like you can say like i'm not going to do any of this stuff right and she starts doing the like oh you're so depressed give in to your demons mm-hmm. you know uh stuff yeah and like but she's not you know she's not your demons no she's she is an eldritch being with immense power yeah like uh, it's, it's like flirting with the metaphorical without actually diving in right you know and like the 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 mis the misidentification that happens here so you know the queen starts you know listing all of these injustices that happened to susan and saying basically hey none of this is fair you know I can give you the power. I've given you the power to, you know, to, to, to re, you know, to, to, to address all of this, to set things right. And Susan basically says, no, you're, you're just having me indulge in the darkness. Susan kind of says, oh, you, you're, you're the depression. Like, that's why you feel so familiar. You've been with me, you know, every moment of my life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the other games kind of bear out that, susan is wrong it's not that the queen is a manifestation of, de- of depression she is just this eldritch monstrosity who feeds on people's misery yeah you know um and so like it is in her interest to go to people and to you know to ride them and you know like something that these parasites are depriving her as they are killing people who would otherwise you know live these long and you know miserable lives they're basically upsetting the natural order they are they're, they're swooping her kills is essentially yeah. what they're doing so um, that, that's what gets expanded upon in the expanded cataverse uh it, yeah yeah. Okay. Because it, it's weird the idea that like because the the theme killers in this aren't choosing depressed people. No. No. You know, so it, it feels like if she feeds off depression, like they're not being discriminate mm-hmm. with who they're killing. Like it's a little messy. Like it's not not a problem. Mm-hmm. Not it's not vorpal. It's not a, it's yeah. not a serious flaw. It's the stuff like this, like the intersection. You know, the fact that she is not a metaphor mm-hmm. makes me think that this is game is a harder sell to people who would traditionally be in the pocket for this. In what, you know, in, like in a, what regard? People who would be like, in the pocket for it? Like, for uh, for, for like a story about depression? People. Yes. Yeah. Like the actual Sunlight fans, the, the you know, Depression Quest fans, the yeah, Hellblade yeah. fans. Like people who like a more explicitly metaphorical and like literary take mm-hmm. on this. When in fact, like, no, there actually is a big god demon thing that sends you after yeah. supervillains mm-hmm. in this. Like, yeah. I like it. I think that's cool. I'm, I love that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but I can just imagine like, it's just interesting. It's at like cross purposes between yeah. pulp and art. Yeah. The, it, it is especially pulpy. I like, I think that it still works on a literary level because it, it really, it doesn't matter what the queen of maggots is. Susan reasserts her agency and she contextualizes the queen of maggots as this. It doesn't really matter what is going on with the metaphor of the queen it's there to provide stakes for what Susan has to go through in a decision to, you know, find a reason to live. Right. Like, and it's loose. It's especially loose and especially messy, but I'm fine with something that is vaguely symbolic as long as it evokes a feeling. It's, I am too, but it's not, it's not that it does matter that what the queen of maggots actually is, because that's how you spend a lot of the game. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the Queen of Maggots actually being the person who gives you your kill bill list mm-hmm. and then going on the kill bill list, which is the bulk of the game. Yeah. Like most of what you're doing is not like it's, it's like not even most. It's like equal parts. Mm-hmm. It's equal. This game is equal parts like you dealing with your personal trauma 
and you being the crow. Like mm-hmm. you are a painkiller. Yeah. You're going, you're, you've been sent back from hell. There's a part where you literally say like hell didn't want me, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sent back to gain revenge on this stuff. And I just think that like to a, to a certain kind of person, like mm-hmm. this works for me, it works for you mm-hmm. to a certain kind of person who is just kind of like, like the twine set, like mm-hmm. the people who would maybe be down for the more nuanced writing and themes of this. That's going to be a major turnoff. Yeah, I could see that. I feel like, you know, and, and it's not for me. Yeah. But it, it's mm. undeniably like evidence of this game kind of pushing in two different directions, I think. Yeah. And it's cool because I like those directions. Yeah, me too. Like I'm not I'm not gonna concern myself with those folks. <laughs> with those folks yeah. who'll be turned off by it because it's it, you know, it's it, it is it it ends up working for me. It know? ends up being a thing where I think about it in terms of like like separating out something that works for me from like evaluation of unity of purpose. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, make a, in my head when I was playing this, I made a lot of comparisons to pathologic because that's also a game that deals with some of these extremely dark yeah. themes and stuff. But that felt like a blunt instrument where like you, you hone every element of it to this one edge to a, a single purpose. Mm-hmm. And that ends up being like an incredibly like singular and powerful work. Yeah. And I don't think this is as singular. Oh, like, it's, it's, an, it's, it's, it's very extremely scattered. Extremely good. Yeah. It's just extremely scattered. And that doesn't mean it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting because I just I was thinking about, you know, again, really thinking about the like the, the set of like indie game mm-hmm. people, you yeah. know, like this. This is the same way that you can kind of um, horror is very easy to dismiss yeah. from from people who are into art. Like this is an incredibly easy game to dismiss. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not I'm not saying that's the right move at all. I think no, that's the wrong move. No. But I think that if you were like really into a game about depression, mm-hmm. Like I, I have friends, I have like people who I know who who play almost exclusively like indie art games. Yeah. Who would turn this off in disgust at the first like torture basement full of dead women. Yeah. You know, like that's not okay. Like that's that's saw, that's mm-hmm. hostile, that's that's not okay. And they're not wrong because the game is doing both. Yeah. It's more than that, but it includes that. Yeah. Like I can you only know? speak for myself. I played I played actual sunlight. I fucking hate that game. Mm-hmm. like just with with the passion of a thousand suns I, I think that that is a fucking harmful game actually yeah i don't i don't like that game either yeah. like you know sub in depression quest or sub in yeah. you know uh cart life you mm-hmm. know or something like, like you know, another game that like deals with depression yeah like cart life is more specific but yeah. you know i also think actual sunlight is pointlessly it, it nihilistic just, and yeah, shitty I, I think that like <laughs> i i don't know but we, we could do a bonus level about what is wrong with that yeah. Uh, from, from from the terms of like who is this serving and like yeah. what what is it trying to accomplish it made me fucking miserable um, yeah it's, it's 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 really bad this is way better yes than that i was just using that as an example yeah, for yeah, like sorry. you know people who want to explore depression through games mm-hmm. you know just you know dysphoria which is a more specific depression as well but it's mm-hmm. also about frustration yeah. like exploring the bad feels yeah yeah in games even more so than like silent hill 2 mm-hmm. like which is also gory and stuff but this is further and more hooky yeah you know hunting down serial kill five serial killers Mm -hmm. that each have a specific concept is very hooky it's really in a way that i yeah yeah i don't know like if if, it felt a little bit like having dessert and vegetables on the table at the same time (laughs) which was i was trying to say earlier like a sandwich that's made of two things i really like yeah yeah like just the 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 presence the presence of like the you know the the structure provided by being the serial killer killer like yeah it's super 
it you know it it is, it is super um, pulpy, right? And it could take away. I think that that lets. I think that weirdly it lets both of the ideas get through the door at the same time, because mm-hmm. the descriptions of depression and the depictions of what happens here, like they match very closely to my own personal experience. You know, depression is not a monolith. There are any number of you know articulations of it. It felt and rang true to me. Yeah. You know, in a in, in a in a really big way, but like the pulp murder stuff leavened it. Yeah, yeah. And also for me, like I purely like that because I enjoy being an agent of revenge in video games. Yes, like being an agent of justice in a mm-hmm. video game is appealing an appealing thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people got to go; they got to go. Yeah, and that's something I can indulge in in a game. It's just it's a, a weird thing where I feel like the crossover for that the people who are going to be down for both. Mm-hmm is not a huge Venn diagram. Yeah. You know, that's, that's really all I'm trying to say about it. It's not even yeah, a flaw yeah. in the game. It's mm-hmm. just like a weird thing where it doesn't, uh, doesn't act together in a way where I'm like, Oh yeah, this is the person who would be down for this would be down mm-hmm. for this. This game yeah, yeah. can't have to be down for a few different things mm-hmm. and for to, to kind of get, you know, the cat lady through the door. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's all I'm remarking upon. And, mm-hmm. and that's why the scene where you're calling out the queen of maggots, you're saying, oh, you symbolize my depression and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that, no, you, no, she doesn't. Like, no. that's not the game I've been playing, you know. And the developer, like we did interviews, he's like, yeah, you know, we kind of stumbled upon that. Like, I think he goes in this very instinctual yeah, yeah. Um, kind of following his muse, even moment to moment, not mm-hmm. initially. So it's not very, you know, it's intentional, not intentionally, but it's knowingly incoherent a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, this little bit. And it doesn't fuck it. It doesn't ruin it. I really like mm-hmm. this game quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like when I was playing in the moment, I'm like, this is dumb because I, I want this arc for Susan. Mm-hmm. I want Susan to overcome this yes. and everything. The Susan that overcomes this is not the same Susan who I played where I took joy in killing the Maniac Mansion killers. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's interesting. You know, I think that this game stands stands on its own, even with that scatteredness and the way that those, you know, again, an, an imperfect joint, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think that it stands on its own, even without that. Like, once he decided, okay, I'm going to go back, I'm going to expand on the Joe and Ivy story in this Downfall remake, and then tie everything together in Lorelei, I think that he figured out. He like he's like okay, I stumbled on the, I stumbled on this stuff instinctually, um, yeah. and then he figured out how to how how to steer all of these different lines in a way that makes it makes it hang together a little bit more as a whole, more so than this as like the the best of these, you know, yeah, <laughs> the, 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 you know, the, 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 the uh, single work by itself does. Right. Yeah. And and I haven't played, you know, the whole thing. I haven't played the, the yeah. series. I'm not making you know, a case might... of like, oh, you need to play all of them to appreciate it. I'm just saying like, you know, as the person here in the conversation with 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 that context, that is something that happens where, you know, the, the, his instinctual approach eventually gets gets moved over. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And that, that's something that happens fairly commonly. Like yeah. that happens in art. Yeah. Like people, you know, if you like this is couldn't be a more different work, but if you believe that George Lucas truly had all that shit planned, <laughs> like you're you're a fool. Yes. Um, you know, that is that is not true. That's something right. you say after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, portions of it I'm sure were were planned. Yeah. But it's not a lot of times art does not work as this kind of grand architectural thing that comes together piece by piece. Mm-hmm. It is a make it up as you go along. This yeah. is just unusually leans into that. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you can, she wants you to blow out a candle, leave. You don't have to blow out a candle. You can just candle, you can just leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can, you can divide her here. You can blow out a candle. Um, I don't know if you can blow out the incorrect one. No, you can't. Yeah. 
Um, and you wake up in the bathroom uh, with Mitzi there. Um, she hugs you. She's really, you know, sad mm-hmm. about uh, she thought you were dead. Right. It's a powerful feeling. Yeah. Um, while you were dying, you know, you, you told her, hey, uh, think of a vegetable and I'll guess it when I come back. You know, it just yeah. as a way to assure her that, uh, you know, you would come back and, you know, she guesses the wrong one. But again, it's like a really heartwarming moment uh, yeah, before before Mitzi gets get, gets real. So <laughs> Susan only half explains how she came back and basically says like, yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that again. So we need to make this count. We need to go face the eye of Adam and, you know, make him pay for what he's done to us. You know. she, she talks about having nine lives. This yeah. isn't the ninth time she's died, is no. it? No. I mean, it can yeah. be multiple times, depending on how many times the, uh, the nurse yeah, Edna the character nurse gets you. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah, that's the time you can die unlimited times. Yeah. Um, so you go into uh, the Eye of Adam. It's a server room mm-hmm. uh, with these creepy photos hanging from the ceiling. And the Eye of Adam is paralyzed. Yeah. It's uh, butcher bound. Does not speak yep. to you. Cannot speak. Um, speaks through uh, using his computer, and he has a controller um, in his eye, uh, like real people do, mm-hmm. you know, that allows him to do kind of text-to-speech or just text-to-text yeah. on his computer. Yeah. So, like, we you, we see him as he types. We see the cursor go on the on-screen keyboard and type stuff out and display these messages. Uh, and Mitzi uh, is outraged that this is the mm-hmm. person that uh, that has caused all of this misery for her. Not only you know, kill the lover of her life, but also attempted to kill her here. And she pulls a gun. We didn't yep. know. She didn't say we're going to find this guy and kill him. She specifically said she wasn't right. Going, yes. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can call her on that. And she's like, what did you think? Yeah. Like, don't be naive. Of course I was going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically this is a little dialogue. Like not puzzle, but puzzle, puzzle, puzzle lit. Yeah, um, yeah. You've got to convince her not to shoot Adam as he is, you know, basically saying, hey, do it. You know, this is John Doe yeah. at the end of seven. Exactly. You know, he's got oxygen tanks and he's filled the room with oxygen. Right. He's fully on taking the black pill. He's killed his dad or his grandpa. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, you know he's um, he, he's going to basically commit suicide by cop and also take his last victim with him. Yeah. Suicide by cat lady. Yeah. Suicide by crow. Um, and you know, and you say like, basically, Hey, remember what you said? Don't feed the trolls. Like, don't give them what he wants. Right. Um, she said on doing it, you can kind of talk her out of it. I don't find that particularly difficult to do. No, it's more like a choice. No. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's less of a puzzle. You, you make a couple of appeals. Like you can say like, Hey, you know, ki- killing Adam was always the plan. This is what he wants. Isn't it better, you know, to do like the dishonored nonviolent ending, have him rotten in a nursing home anyway. No, yeah. that's not enough. Mitzi has to be the one to do it. Also, have you played dishonored yet? I know you only have <laughs> six months left. And it's a yeah. good game. And I, th- I think you'd like it. It's a, so. it's, it's a good way to use 12 hours. It's fine. Here's, here's um, a book, the hundred games to play before you die in six months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Mitzi so. is, is, you know, is dead set on doing it. Um, you can say, like hey you know won't your mom be sad when you're gone like no um actually i lied to you about a bunch of stuff you know i'm an orphan you know Mm -hmm. just uh you grew up without parents jack was the only family that i had it's it's rough like this is a side of mitzi that we haven't seen and she is standing here on the ledge of getting everything that she wants and you have to convince her that this revenge is not it's not going to be worth it Mm -hmm. yeah um, if you fail to talk her out of it or you just tell her to do the shooting, mm-hmm. um, she and Adam die. She blows him up. You get blown clear. Yeah. 
Um, but you, you want to talk her out of it, uh, basically appealing to your friendship. Yeah. Basically to say like, you know, Mitzi says, Oh, you know, no, nobody will care what I'm gone. And you just have to say, no, like f- fucking live because I care about you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. you know, and that to, to me, that's incredibly powerful because, you know, Mitzi has, you know, shown Susan that like, yeah, no, like there are people who can care about her. You are capable of being loved. Um, and Susan has to turn around and say that same thing to Mitzi to say like, no, we, like, we, we both actually have something to lose. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, so once you, uh, talk her out of it, uh, kind of regardless, the endings are all fairly similar, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's you writing this story, you know, the story of the game on a blog, right. your cat lady blog. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're there, you, uh, talk about, uh, spending time with Mitzi before she died, being there with her, being her best friend. Yes. Um, you know, and you go and check on her computer at some point, find a friend request. Right. That's how you can, you know, connect with an internet community of people with depression. Right. Um, and something that I really enjoy about this ending and really, really all of them is, you know, Susan talks about, uh, yeah, yesterday was a really bad day. You know, it's one of those days where you wake up and you think all the good stuff that happened is just a dream that wasn't real. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just kind of back, back where you started. And, you know, she talks about, you know, maybe I can never get rid of this invisible illness. Maybe it will always be waiting inside me somewhere deep. And when it hits me, it'll hit me hard. You know, mm-hmm. just that it is something that it is a constant fight that you have to choose to fight. Um, mm-hmm. And Susan puts flowers on Mitzi's grave and it ends on kind of this hopeful note. Susan saying, hey, you know, yeah, it's a fight, but maybe eventually I'll pull through. Maybe eventually I'll be able to smile and mm-hmm. it won't have this weight attached to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that's the, the ending you want. Yes. The, the ending where Mitzi does not miraculously get cured because you answered some questions, right? Yep. The yeah. uh, eliminate golden <laughs> endings from games. Yes. Stop. We it. talked about that in the dispatch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Enough, uh, you know, you did all, you hit all the things, you get the, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the the worst happy ending. Yeah. Because it's all the same. Like, we, we mentioned those choices, basically, mm-hmm. as you go through. But if you do those things right, uh, Mitzi lives. Right. You know, but just miraculously, you know, something happens to where, you know, she she, she, she comes through. Um, yep. <laughs> like, like we, weirdly, it's, it, 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 it unintentionally says, ah, cancer isn't so bad. You, you can maybe just get cured for no reason. Depression, though, that's a hell of a thing. Like, no, both depression and cancer are really bad. Like, they're both diseases. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it, it's just, uh, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it is weird and bad. Um, I have no idea why uh, Mikowski put that in. Um, he even says, like, yeah, the canonical ending, the one you're supposed to get, is the one where is the one where Mitzi dies. Like, that, like, just that is that is the reality. Like, this is a whole mm-hmm. bunch of fantastical shit happens in this game. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it just, feels um of its era. Yeah. Like having to have the the hidden happy ending for hitting all the gamer switches, yeah, along the way, like just feels the style at the time a little bit to me, right? The um, the the way so the, then uh, you know the end of the, you watch the credits. Uh, there's a song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at the end, it has a, a press any key to live, and when you press that, it shuts the game down, right. quits the desktop, right? Which is a nice little ending. Mm-hmm. Like that's lovely.
Um, it's a weird thing at the end, like when you know her having the depression and doing the blog at the end. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is a, a like a absolutely in the weeds bugbear for me. Yeah. Right. So like, and this is this is you know depressionist objective, mm-hmm. which we talked about. Like I consider myself to be somebody who you know like I uh, suffer from depression. Mm-hmm. I'm also somebody who's had some trauma. Yeah. Um, you know, not uh, lost a baby to a flower trauma, mm-hmm. but some trauma, and they're very different. Yes. To me, and I think this game does a little bit to like blur that line that I'm not one thousand percent in love with. Yeah. Like I, yeah. Do, it doesn't like the idea. Like I mean, it all leads to chapter five being so weak. I guess. Yeah. Because that that being the one where we get the like the idea that depression is something that can be traced back. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this explains it. And as long yes. as you know the answer to that. Yeah. And that aspect, like, to me, d- depression has always been like a hostile weather condition. Yeah. Like, the idea has always been like, oh, like, this is an arbitrary and horrible way I'm out of touch with my brain. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just bad in there. Yeah. You know, and it's not. It's not, you know, because I'll, I'll talk to people or like talk to girlfriends or talk to friends. They'll be like, oh, are you like what's going what's wrong? Mm-hmm. There's no answer. Right. You know, but for Susan, what's wrong is she lost her child. She had this drama. You know, there's like these there's an answer. Mm-hmm. And that, and, that and it doesn't explicitly the- say, oh, I have depression. And also this trauma exacerbated it. Trauma and depression are often comorbid, but they are not the same thing. And they're treated very differently. Yes. Like it, it can be a way like, you know, depression, you know, which is which is treated by like you can you can not I'm not trying to minimize trauma at all. Like, again, like I mm-hmm. think I have a degree of trauma. Um, it's not like something you just get over through a fix. Right. You know, but it is something where like you have there's an answer. There's a thing to deal with. Yeah. A lot of times depression, not always. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it is just bad chemicals in your brain. Yeah. That make you feel sad for no real reason. Mm-hmm. Or uh, it is a, an accumulation of things, an accumulation of life circumstances that is not an acute trauma that is expressed in one easy to tell story. Yes. Right. And that, that's a thing where I am holding, you know, the fact that this clangs on me at all mm-hmm. is me holding it to a very high standard because yeah. of all the things it does really well. I, I mean, it's choose, it's choosing to dance the dance like it is it is playing with this subject matter and generally does it in a good way. But it is a it is a what feels like an elementary level misunderstanding that advances a pretty you know, so yeah, I think it's kind of harmful. Yeah, yeah, you like know? maybe like lower a lo- lowercase h harmful, right? It yes. is advancing a myth about depression that it can be explained. Yes, yeah, uh, and that's minor. It's not doing it in a hateful way. Yeah, it's not the bulk of the game. Mm-hmm. It's just a little weird. Yeah, you know, it makes it a little bit like ring a little bit less true to depression to me, even mm-hmm. if there are individual moments that ring very true. Yeah, the idea that she has a breakdown and traces back her issues down to like one really bad day, basically Yeah, is mildly bothersome to me. And I don't know how you gamify the alternative. I don't know how you, how you make a game like this, like a narrative adventure game Mm -hmm. that is about the way that depression manifests as this low level patina over your life that performs like a sine wave Yeah, where it's just like, Oh, I'm, you know, it's up to my neck today. Yeah. Like, oh, today I'm underwater. Today I can yeah. walk because it's up to my ankles. Yeah. It is it is something that even changes your perceptions. Yes. You know, like it is it it, it is it is a it is a disease that makes it impossible for you to be a good judge of your own conditions. Yeah. 
so it's just it's just a mild little bit of this that yeah like it's not even like i like the last chapter of this i like mm-hmm. all the stuff with the eye of adam it's not even like the last chapter but it contains a couple like mild bugbears and again mm-hmm. pulling this to a high standard because it does because it deserves that yeah right like it, it does a lot of stuff really really well mm-hmm. that i i can't help but notice these little things are a little bit like yeah you know just just a little bit itchy i, I, I don't me. know like we criticized hellblade for the way that that ended by basically saying oh you can willpower away psychosis and actually it is a superpower that you can embrace haha <laughs> yeah. high five you know yeah. like it's it's worth examining these tropes because there's yes. you know there's lots of people who have skin in the game right like again like this game steps on a few different rakes and that is a pretty big one that it hits in the end where whereas you know it can ring generally emotionally true in the particular moments and especially in the sketch of the character that it ultimately comes down to like a common misconception is Mm -hmm. it it, it is a real problem yeah i I think in general i think that this does a better job than hellblade does Mm -hmm. um you know, in, as far as uh, threading that needle. Yeah, I was I was more like thinking about like another game where we where we oh, yeah, held, absolutely. Yeah, took it to task for for doing something bad in regards it's to communicating a truth or a mistruth about mental health. And it's because it matters. Yeah, like it, <laughs> it, you know, it, it, it totally matters. It's extremely important. It's a thing that <laughs> games and media in general fuck yeah. up pretty consistently. Yeah. No, and like you horror know? games have a horrible history with you know, either intentionally or unintentionally playing in spaces that increase stigma, you know, and misconceptions about mental health can cause people not to seek treatment. You know, yeah. It can cause people to be afraid to talk about it and seek each other out, you know, and, you know, it's, it's worth, it's worth pointing it out. I, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. But otherwise, like generally does a really good job. Yeah. About like good game. Yeah, really good game. I like it quite a bit. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite games that I've played in the past few years. You know, um, I just again, I'm a mark for it. It, it is I, I exist specifically at the intersection of what this game is trying to do, um, and that may not be universal, but I have to appreciate it when it happens because I don't know. It's it's kind of rare that you find the Venn diagram that you're exactly at the center of. It's kind of yeah. like that 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 video of. You know, Kermit the Frog doing this must be the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, yeah. So. Like when you when you find something made for you, you should always notice it. Yes. Yeah. You know, and not as much made for me, but I'm really happy that I played it. Like I, you know, really liked it. We'll probably play the other ones just for, for funzos. Yeah. Like I, I liked it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I'm really happy it pulls up. The beginning mm-hmm. of it made me pretty bummed. Yeah. And I was really worried that not only was I going to in for a bad time, but also mm-hmm. like in for a weird episode. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to come in like, oh, Cole loves this Explain game. This and to me, we my have friend, to, cause, yeah, it's yeah. going to be a, like a conflict kind of thing. What about this meandering field simulator <laughs> do you think is that good? <laughs> yeah. No, no. If if it was all like chapter chapter one, it yeah. No, the, the game doesn't doesn't get going until you get get home. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's really good once it does. It's yeah. a good adventure game, and it's been a minute since we've done. Like we did the last Express, but that's a pretty non-conventional adventure game. Yeah, yeah, this, this is, is closer a lot more to conventional, the and it's yeah. it's been a minute since we've done something like that. Yep. So it felt good. Cool. Well, I'm happy you liked it. I'm happy you yeah. enjoyed it. It's 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 good to you know to to kind of talk through this stuff. I felt good going back and revisiting it, even though I made like all the same choices and mistakes that I made the first time. Yeah, you know. As I get older, that's kind of video games. Like, yeah. there are games where I do want to try, like, certain kind of role-play games, I want to try a different path. But a lot no. of games, you know, it just feels wrong to not do the thing. Yeah, no, like, yeah. it just, I, I, I weirdly felt like I would have been lying if I wasn't, you know, defiant against the Queen of Maggots. Or, you know, I had a chance to 
to to chew out my shitty neighbor who got my cats killed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm going. I'm gonna. I, <laughs> I'm going to uh, chew them out. It's fine. There's but, always more cats. Yeah, like he gets her cats killed, and there's still more. Yes. Yeah. You know, and they murder people. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Yeah, thank you. Um, oh, Pocket has done his his trick. Speaking of, uh, there we go. Good boy. Yeah, what do you do? He grabs he grabs the blind and he gets his nail stuck on it. Yeah, and then he looks at me. I'm <laughs> like, you know, come on, dude. He managed to get down. Like, I was I was not involved in this. Yeah, yeah. Like, how, how did this happen to me? Yeah. Greta is not attracted to blinds like you are, but I did find out that she was in her constant quest to get behind the blinds as they're closed. She broke a couple of them off. So, yeah, yeah, I've got broken blinds now. That'll happen. Yeah. You choose blinds or cats like you don't get to have both. (laughs) So it's like it's like plants generally. Mm -hmm. Um, So thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week with our premium episode Mm -hmm. on Shadowrun Dragon Fall. Yes, where we can constantly go back and forth about the about the pronunciation of fire schwung. Yep. Fire, fire schwing. Schwing. Um, what type of character are you playing in that game? Um, so I took your advice. I was having trouble with the first, uh, with, with the first mission. I initially rolled as a mage, um, but then I rolled as a street, uh, samurai human mm. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying a rigor. Mm. I've never played a rigor in that game. So yeah. I played that game twice before. So it was fun to try a new class, but I can speak pretty, pretty confidently about the magic system and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think we got covered. Cool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's hard. Um, it is a game that I think assumes a lot of knowledge uh, coming over from uh, Shadowrun, Shadowrun Returns. Uh, so that hey. is something I would, uh, I would warn people of. Yeah. 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 It is, uh, it is like a, a plus version of that. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Um, that'll be next week. It's a premium episode. So we will do generalities on the public feed. Mm-hmm. We'll do the bulk of the episode uh, for our patrons. Yep. If you'd like to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeed TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you go to the um, uh, homepage on duckfeed.tv, you can see uh, a, a couple of links to some pages that I made that describe the uh, the benefits that you get, including a big list of what you get at the uh, the different content tiers. So five buck ducks and ten buck ducks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you can just kind of see like, oh, this is all the stuff you get unlocked. Yeah. It's a lot. It's quite a bit of stuff. Yeah. So we, we recommend it. Um, you can also leave us a rating or review on Apple podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate that. Yeah. Talk about us on forums, spread the word. Yeah. We appreciate all of that. Yeah. Uh, if you have thoughts about January's games, the deadline is January the 15th. I believe you have time as of the, uh, the early release here. Uh, if you have thoughts mm-hmm. about February's games, um, then the deadline for that is February the 15th. Um, go to, uh, slash contact and write in. If you have thoughts about, uh, various Atari games, uh, death of the outsider, the dishonored Two expansion or, um, XCOM enemy unknown slash within. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hit us up. Hit us up. Yeah. Um, and that's probably about it. I think so. Uh, we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And uh, until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? Um, watch out for somebody else because you are not alone. Umbasa. Umbasa.